if I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you gonna scare them off to? Hell number two? Or are you just gonna sit there and let them burn? All right. Welcome to Hollywood Matrix episode eight. This is Chris from Don't Let Them Burn. Welcome to the program. Happy to be here. Happy to pretty much share with you guys what we have in store. But before we get into that, this is uh, this is our song, Genetic Apocalypse. This is my, my other YouTube channel called Hurricane 7, featuring uh, my daughter Nikita, Genetic Apocalypse. This is Hurricane 7, it's official music page. You can go there, check out our song. Um, this is our Don't Let Them Burn store. And you can get a mug, a t-shirt, help us out to make our document documentary, The Alien uh, Deception. And also, for those that don't know, this is the YouTube channel. Uh, we've been releasing a lot of segments on, we have one called Reign of the Tech. We have Game Invaders, Amazing Machinations, obviously Hollywood Matrix, uh, Paranormal Shift, and uh, Superheroes and Gods. We have a ton of content we've been uploading. Uh, Political Edge, Codex Explained, and on and on we go. So we have 12 segments. We have two more to release, or three. And um, hopefully you guys will find value in what we're presenting here. So tonight, or today I should say, uh, we have my buddy Kevin Shrum, and we are going to be explaining the movie Hellboy. Uh, how you doing, Kevin? Lee here, Chris, and um, uh, this definitely a dark movie uh, we're going to be talking about. So uh, I'm glad we said a little prayer protection before we started. <laughs> oh yes, sir, um, guys. Okay, so listen, this is pretty much a movie review, an expose from a Christian perspective. So if you're coming in here, Christian or not, and you're easily offended, this is not for you. Okay. Uh, it, this is going to contain spoilers, a lot of spoilers. Um, I don't recommend a movie anyway, but I'm just telling you, it's a lot of spoilers in here, and we're going to get deep, dark, and dirty of what's going on in this film. So again, if you don't like spoilers, this is not for you. Now, as another general warning, this movie's graphic, I didn't pull out all the graphic scenes, but there's some things that I need to show to get you to understand what's being promoted in this film. Uh, this film is adapted from a comic book, um, a comic book series, obviously the name is Hellboy. And um, there's no way to pretend that this is of God, or if you're a Christian, um, that it's okay to watch. Um, yes, obviously we had to watch it, but we didn't watch it for entertainment, trust me. <laughs> um, uh, so, as, as we move, we're going to get into it in a second. Is there anything you want to start off with, uh, any premise or anything that, um, you know, would make it more understandable for the average audience? Yeah, I, you know, this being a real from the uh, original, you know, two movies, you know, they were more based on the comic where, and, you know, I kind of enjoyed that, whereas... You know, this new reboot sort of tried to walk the line between a horror movie and a comic book movie. And, 
you know, I don't enjoy any movie, you know, that does that anyway, that tries to, you know, doesn't know which direction it's going. So, I mean, it starts out and, you know, just sort of the, the direction of it's confused. And from, you know, what I've seen behind the scenes, there was a lot of uh, turmoil in the production of this movie. So, you know, it, it, you know, the plot line seems disjointed with the writing and all. And, you know, it, it comes out as you watch the movie. Yes, absolutely. So what we're going to do before we jump into all these slides, as you guys can see, 530 slides. So that's the next one. And this is going to be a long show. But I guarantee you by the time we've finished, if you have to take a break or whatever and come back later, that's fine. Uh, you will be fully educated <laughs> on more things than just the movie. So uh, let's just get into um some of the history of uh, the Hellboy lore, okay? And uh, in fact, sorry guys, I forgot to pull up my other notes here. So let me pull that up uh, so we can get things going in the right direction. Um, Hollywood Matrix, there we go. All right, so pretty much Hellboy is a Catholic hybrid, if you want to call it Nephilim or Raphael, that's up to you, um, is the anti-hero, uh, and he's also a death dealer, okay? And he's also from the bowels of hell. We will explore these as we continue. Uh, the creator was a guy named Mike Mignola yeah. in 1991. Uh, the Duke of Hell, which we'll get to, pretty much uh had sex with the mother who was a witch and she was taken to hell by his biological fa father and we'll get into that now remember this is coming from a catholic mindset we're not catholics here okay we're protestant christians we don't hold to that belief of the catholic church but i'm telling you this is a catholic rendition of as you can see he's, he's red right there right and um so anyway, he was summoned to Earth by Nazi occultists. We'll get to that in the movie. And um, by a sorcerer named uh, Grigory Rasputin. Um, in the comics, monks of the coast of Ireland, who were also Nazis, summoned the Hellspawn. Project Ragnarok was to bring forth a doomsday weapon to end World War II in favor of the Nazis. He was later discovered by American soldiers that dubbed him Hellboy, right? Uh, he is supposed. He supposedly has an inherently good soul, and we'll un, we'll un, uncover that as well. Uh, the world's he's the world's best uh, paranormal investigator. His powers are superhuman uh, durability and strength, invulnerability to fire, which basically reflects his uh, devilish nature. Uh, he's also into necromancy, also known as talking or raising the dead. Um, his right hand, uh, which is the right hand of, of doom, specifically, put him uh, put on him by his father when he was born, is the key to the bottomless pit. Yeah. Uh, and this is not mentioned in this movie, but it was mentioned in the first Hellboy, I believe. And it's in the comic books anyway. But but since we won't cover that part as we go through the movie, we'll just say this: there's only one. Uh, angel that we know of that has the key to the bottomless pit and that's in revelation 20 if you want to go look that up 
And uh, the, the key to the bottomless pit, it tra Satan is trapped in that key um, when Jesus Christ returns. So, so right, so that's a, it's kind of a quote from the book of Revelation, which reflects the opening of the bottomless pit, uh, angel of God on his final judgment on humanity. Of course, the passage is taken entirely out of context. The hand can also control other demons, sort of like a, a hive mind. His gun is a very powerful, uh, is very powerful and has an apparent mystical background. And he's also the reluctant hero um, because he doesn't want to take on his true nature, which we'll discuss as we're talking to talking about him. The hey, Chris. Yeah. I was going to interject some on the, as far as the revelation reference, there is a reference in revelation nine to the angel of the bottomless pit, uh, who was named, uh, it says in Hebrew tongue is a Biden. Oh yes. And then the Greek tongue has his name Apollyon. So definitely there's a tie in there. Okay. Yes. Totally forgot that. Sorry guys. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Apollyon, um, is released. From he was yeah. He was actually given the key to the bottomless pit uh, when the fifth angel sounded the trumpet there in Revelation nine. So, all right. Thank you for that interjection. I'm running on steam, guys. I, this, <laughs> we, we worked hard on this, okay? So I didn't hardly get any sleep. So, uh, bear with me for a second, okay? Um, okay. So, his hand belonged to a ancient spirit called Anum creator of Org Ogdru Jahad, hidden creatures, it means hidden creatures from a legend uh, that are supposed to be released one day, like in the book of Revelation. Uh, he works for the Bureau of, for Paranormal Research and Defense. He also has a spirit guide named the Lobster, the ghost of the dead hero from the 1930s. And we'll get, uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, uh, pretty much this uh, okay so for, okay from here on we'll get into the movie but we want to go here and see what this wiki page says um hopefully we don't lose too many of you guys this is a long movie explanation again i'm warning you it's long <laughs> all right so as it says here uh hellboy is a fictional character a superhero created by writer uh mike mcnola as we said before um the character has been adapted into two live action feature films in 2004 and 2008 that starred Ron Perlman in the title role and two straight to DVD anim, uh, animated films, as well as two video games, Asylum Seeker and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. Um, and also meaning uh, a well-meaning demon whose true name is Anung Un Rama. All right, I'm not gonna go into the whole thing. I explained some of it already. Um, so he pretty much works for a secret society-like organization that deals with the occult. One thing we have to remember, Again, this is a Catholic rendition of what they deem as Christianity. Um, there's it's supposed to be a benevolent team, but both sides are wicked, according to the Bible. Okay, so much that's said on this page, we're going to actually discuss, so we don't need to go into to too much more. All right. So, anything before I start, my friend? No, guys, I think you're dead on now. So. All right, so here we go. This um, this is the the witch. Her name is um, Nim Nimura, right? And it's a reflection of Nimrod, and we'll get to that in a second. 
So anyway, they rode to this hill to meet King Arthur. Uh, it's called Pendle Hill. I don't know the true history, but it's explained a little bit. Uh, if it's not a fictional hill, I don't know. I didn't get to research that part, okay? So anyway, they, they go up here. You see the little demon here. You see the, the witch next to her, and this is Nimru, or whatever, how you, how you pronounce that. So anyway, oh, as you can see there, she has a, a crown on her head, right? And we're going to explain what that means in a minute. And so uh, Arthur was forced to surrender to Nimu. How you spell that? How you say, how you, um, I've, heard it, I've heard somebody pronounce it Nimway. So. Nimway. There it is. Yes. I listened to this whole thing last night. I still can't pronounce it. <laughs> Nimway. <laughs> The Queen of Blood. Now remember that title, Queen of Blood, as we move on, right? And now uh, this King Arthur, and this is Merlin. He has. Uh, there's a way to break down his name, but we're not going to do that today. So he's a powerful wizard. So as you can see, this witchcraft against witchcraft. This is uh, white magic against dark magic. Okay. Um, and so here, and stop me anytime you need to talk. Uh, okay. Kevin. Uh, so um, King Arthur doesn't believe that man and monster were never were meant to were they were never meant to live in harmony. And the, the, the definition for monster goes back to demons. OK, so as you can see, the little demonic uh, thing there and we'll get into more demons later. And so King Arthur stabs her, betrays her, uh, no, no real truce uh, and, and he spares her. Right. And so um, she, uh, he ambushes Nim oh, I'm not going to pronounce his name again. So anyway, Nimoy. Nimoy. <laughs> um, and so the, the witch here, which is betrayed uh, by her, her own trusted witch, Ganeda. Uh, and so she, she takes the crown, but she's not instrumental to the movie just yet. She's, she plays a very small part. When that happens, the demons start running off uh, because they, they sense defeat. And now she says, because she's already powerful, right? She says that no mortal weapon can harm me. And then she says, Excalibur, this is no mortal weapon. So this, this tells you that this Excalibur weapon is going to play a big part in the movie later on, right? And so she unleashes a plague, which, you know, dissolves people's um, flesh. And then with one swing of the sword, he cuts her arm off and then cuts her head off, right? And then um, Arthur has severed the blood queen's head. And then uh, her blood crawls up into this tree. Now there is a reason why I'll go to that real quick. There's a reason why the blood goes up into the tree because in Celt Celtic uh, with second trees in witchcraft, pretty much the oak tree is a yeah. pretty um, sacred tree. Right. The oak tree features uh, it's featured uh, prominently in many Celtic cultures. The ancient uh, geographer Strabo, first century AD, reported that the the, the importance of sacred grove and meeting place of the Galatian Celts and Asia of Asia Minor, uh, um, what's that, Jum, Jumatan, was filled with oaks in an often cited passage from the Histor Historia Naturals. Anyway, you can go there and read that about the Celtic sacred trees 
and how it delves into witchcraft and druidism and and all this weird stuff right from the welches and all that stuff okay all right so we don't want to take too much time on this yeah thing. and they were you know even in the bible it talks about going into the groves as being places of uh idol worship yeah and they drew power uh for, supposedly drew power from the trees okay uh, yes. All right. So that's a part of the whole lore there. And th th this blood going up into the tree is going to be significant later on. This symbolizes her power leaving her. Okay. And so also into earth worship, nature worship, and all that stuff that we could talk about. Okay. So now it says, so he had her cut up into pieces, each one locked in a separate casket. Right. And it, it, for those that that know this story, you, you know where it's going. And it says that she said, this is not over. I am vengeance eternal. So uh, that alludes to the spirit of vengeance, um, which goes into many tales that you can read about. And um, pretty much it was sealed with a holy prayer. Remember, this is a Catholic story, right? Um, only the words from a man of God may break this holy seal, says the monk or whatever you call him, priest or whatever. Um, and so Arthur then ordered his bravest knights to ride off and bury her wretched remains at, in the far reaches of the land where no one would ever find her, right? And not even the devil himself. Okay, so then the title comes up, Hellboy. Now let's explain the story really quick. So she's cut into pieces. This is the story of Isis, Osiris, and Set, right? Set is the third one? Yeah. All right? Okay. And then in another tradition, it's Nimrod, Samaramis, and Tammuz. Remember the name Tammuz, okay? So what happens is Nimrod or Osiris um, gets cut up into 14 pieces. They get spread. His body gets spread all over the land, and they... they um, they find what 13 pieces and the, the the last piece that they could not find is the phallic symbol the penis okay but in this iteration it's uh turned the, the genders are swapped this happens a lot in mythology in the cultures um she's sort of a manifestation of satan or whatnot uh because she has to rise again but let's leave the name satan out of it for now and basically this is where we get the idea of a soulmate, and we'll get to that throughout the movie. And um, what else? What else is there? Yeah, I, well, I guess we can get to her being put back together here in a moment, but there is a tie-in with the uh, Nimrod. Right. Uh, oh, I know what I know what we forgot. N Nimue is a callback to the name Nimrod. Okay. Right. So those that know the story, you know that where this is going. For those that are new to the story. We just covered a, a little bit stories longer than what we just said, but a lot of the symbols like the obelisk, uh, the some of the steeples on the churches, that's Baal shaft. Um, yeah. Well, do you, you don't mean give a brief uh, encapsulation of the story. Um, of course, you know, some of this tied in, you know, uh, uh, loosely with the Bible. Uh, Ham had a son named Cush. Who married a woman named Semiramis? Cush and Semiramis then had a son they named Nimrod, and this is according to the legend. Like I said it, it draws off uh, the Bible genealogies uh, in Genesis ten. Though, after the death of his father, Nimrod married his own mother and became a powerful king. 
the Bible tells us this man Nimrod in Genesis chapter 10. Uh, Nimrod then became a god-man to the people, and Semiramis, his wife and mother, became the powerful queen of ancient Babylon. Nimrod was eventually killed by an enemy, and his body was cut in pieces and sent to various parts of his kingdom. Semiramis had all the parts gathered except for one part, and you done mention that. The missing part was his reproductive organ. Organs, Semiramis claimed that Nimrod could not come back to life without it and told the people of Babylon that Nimrod had ascended the sun and was now to be called Baal, the sun god. Queen Semiramis also proclaimed that Baal would be present on earth in the form of a flame, whether candle or lamp, when used in worship. Semiramis was creating a mystery religion with the help of Satan. She set herself up as a goddess. Uh, she claimed to be immaculately, immaculately conceived. She and then going on, she ended up pregnant. So she said that was a virgin birth because she thought the people would kill her if not. And so she claimed to have a virgin birth, and we know what that's drawn off, off of. And then the son she brought forth was named Thomas. Thomas was noted to be especially fond of rabbits, and they became sacred in the ancient religion because Thomas was believed to be the son of of the sun god Baal. He also, like Nimrod, became a hunter. And then he was killed by a wild pig. And like I said, we can go on later, but that's just the uh I guess the ground, the foundation of the of the legend. Right. Now I'm showing this to you guys, these pictures here, because I don't want to go through them later. So it's the best time for me to show them. This is the uh, the supposed god of, of Freemasonry, Jabulan, right? And he's just another representation of Baal, which is another representation of Lucifer, right? So this is Baal here, the statue. This is the, rep the, the three-headed god representation on some sort of dragon-looking thing. Uh, this is Baal again. And he has like a thousand names, just like Samaramus. Uh, this is going into all the, the legends here, the moon god, the sun god, and in the middle there, uh, Baal. Uh, this is Thor. He's also Baal. I'm going to skip these over here and just get right to uh, Dianic worship. Uh, Diana, Isis, Samaramis, all the same person, uh, fertility goddess, creature. Uh, you see the moon symbolism there. Uh, this is in the, the the goddess of the Ephesians in the Bible. Uh, a lot of fertility stuff you see going on there. Um, also goes into Columbia. Columbia Pictures. Uh, the Statue of Liberty. In Catholicism, she's not Mary. That's just a substitute name. She is the Queen of Heaven. Now remember, in this, she's called the Queen of Blood, mm -hmm. right? And this is another representation of her. She's a darker-skinned female. The child here is not Jesus. It's Tammuz. Tammuz, as Kevin explained earlier. So I want you to bear in mind what you're watching here. This is the queen of heaven. This is Tammuz, her son. And it was an incestual marriage, mother and son. And out of that came Tammuz. Um, this is also another representation of her in the Suicide Squad. This is another representation of her, Wonder Woman, a.k.a. Diana. Uh, this is another representation, uh, Captain Marvel. As you see, both of them have the star of Inanna. That's another name for her, Inanna, yeah. or Isis, star of Isis, okay? Uh, 
this is the movie we're talking about now, okay? And there's some just some pictures for you to see um, what's going on there. So we, we explained what the arm meant and how it op this is the key to the bottomless pit and so on. So I hope you guys enjoyed the explanation there because that brings us to where we're going to go next. And okay, so sorry, this computer's catching up here. So as we move, as we said, title is Hellboy. And then this is the next scene where he's looking for one of his uh, spy buddies, and his name is Esteban. I, I'm, I'm showing this because it's not necessarily integral to the movie, but Esteban is also known as Kam Kamazots, right? This is where the, the story of Batman comes from, as far as the character. The Kamazots is a bat god, okay? And so in this wrestler is known as like the vampire wrestler, okay? And so him and uh, Hellboy get into it, and you see him there with the bat, well, sharp teeth or whatnot, and um, he doesn't want to hurt him, but he is possessed by the spirit of Kamazot, right? And that's what he looks like without the mask. Remember, guys, uh, this is going to be a little graphic, so bear with us. And so anyway, uh, that's when he transforms into this Kamazot, the Batman god. <laughs> and so anyway, Hellboy kills him. I, di I, don't, I didn't show the, the whole you know thing. So here, he's already impaled. And then he says, I know you. And he says, Anung Unarama. Right? We explained what that meant earlier. And it'll come up again. And so he says, um, your heart beats with rage. I know which side you'll choose at the end. What he means by that is uh, Hellboy is the manifestation of what we would call the Antichrist, right? And we're, as we move, we're going to keep getting into the lore and what it means and all that stuff, okay? So uh, it, the, the, hit, the here it is, the end is coming. What he's trying to reference to here is the end of the world. Um, what they deem as the apocalypse is not the real uh meaning of the apocalypse so this term has been abused in hollywood and most people when you hear apocalypse you think just disasters and whatnot that's a part of it but an apocalypse is the revelation of jesus christ um re revealing who he truly is he's coming back as a king a warrior and the wrath of god will be poured out before the end of time and so forth anything you want to say before i move on now you're doing a good job, but I guess the uh, the main thing is you know the occultic or I guess you could say Luciferian side wants to set up a fake apocalypse, and you know I don't know if that's what's going on in our world today, but they want to seem like when the Antichrist comes that you know he'll be setting up a millennium of peace and prosperity, which will you know in, in you know just be a, a fake of what Jesus Christ will bring in. But that's, you know, that's part of their plan to set up a fake apocalypse is sort of what this movie is reflecting. Right. Um, uh, yeah, it's very important that, that you mentioned that because there's also the Gnostic take, the Kabbalah take on, on Lucifer. Lucifer for them is, and the Luciferians, obviously, and there's other sections of society I can mention, but these are the, the three most important um, because their idea is that Lucifer is the good guy. We have to remind you that because remember this is a demon <laughs> okay it's actually a half man half demon and we're going to get to that if you once you bear with us so always remember this is not the good guy uh, both sides are evil 
And um, so they say that Lucifer is the good guy, the light bearer, and God is the bad guy because he's trying to um, hold us back. And they have their own Adam. His name is Adam Kadmon. That's in, in the Kabbalah. So everything is flipped on its head, okay? You have to remember that. Now, this is the shield of the Bureau for Paranormal Investigations and whatnot. This is the Bureau that he works for. And um, I don't really know what the symbol means. It, that could be the sword of Excalibur. I'm not sure I didn't look into it, but um, that's the symbol. All right. Now, oh, hi, everybody. Hi, Crystal. Hi, Brett and Carrie and whoever else wants to join us. Uh, so anyway, so as he's talking to Hellboy, uh, this is the father um, of Hellboy, not his real father. This is just the, uh, the guy that rescued him. I'll, we'll get to that in a second. So anyway, he wants he's, he's getting contacted by the, the, the Osiris Club, right? It's another secret society. And pretty much they're ancient, and we'll get into that in a second. But um, pretty much he he's another manifestation of something else, okay? He's the hero. The, the father of the hero must die for the hero to move forward, okay? I'll leave it right there. All right, so it says it's a British occult society formed in 1866 by the ranking members of the Heliopic Brotherhood of Ra. So as you see, the, the um, Egyptian mythology is woven in. Uh, we just mentioned earlier that uh, Osiris, uh, um, Isis, and Set were the three, um, the, the trifecta in the Egyptian lore and the, and the story, right? Now, uh, he says, Ra, I met Ra once in the underworld, okay? so. Obviously, he's from hell, right? So uh, he was summoned, and he says he knew raw. So anyway, he said, um, you know, like us, they fight against the forces of darkness, right? So basically what they're trying to do here mentally is have you think that there is a, a, not a, not, yeah, a balance sort of with, with the, 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 the light and the dark magic, okay? So... Now he says, and our organizations have a long-standing relationship, and there that that what he just said is very veiled, and it'll, it'll be you know um, really really re revealed as we move on. Uh, they're old friends of mine, and they requested your assistance with a giant problem, and he was like giants, and he said yes, giants. So he real he really means literal giants. So anyway. Uh, Hellboy stole the life I might have had. Now, this is a, uh, a pig monster that will be revealed in a second. And somebody else is talking to him in the shadows. And but, but basically he says, and banish me into an existence of mystery, misery. And this will be revealed in a second, too, what, what he's really talking about. And he says, I felt that this is the person he's talking to here says, I felt yours. So I summoned you here. Right. And I will guide you to a witch. Vivian Nimue. <laughs> Is that how you say it again? Sorry. Yeah, Nimue, yeah. Nimue, right? And um, cut to pieces, but alive and waiting. Restore her. Yep. And like I said, you know, that, that I think that's made reference to the uh, legend of Nimrod or in Tam Tamuz, yes. where, you know, he was killed by the wild boar. 
and then they actually uh, had a 40-day mourning period for Thomas then, and you know where that sort of goes to in the Catholic religion. Yes, yes, and oh, I can't wait to just explain some of this stuff. I can't really, I really can't wait to get to the rest of this. But um, so she says, uh, she will make you powerful again, so you can have your vengeance. So we we have the spirit of vengeance in her. We have the spirit of vengeance in this uh, pig-like creature that hasn't been revealed yet. And um, and she says, I know only. Uh, sorry, I now only live to kill him. That's the pig talking. Okay. This, I'm not going to tell you who this is yet, but this is the person talking to him, okay? Notice it's a woman. She's playing with bones, and the bones are very small. Yeah. So be revealed what she really does later, okay? That those are hands, okay? Now, as we move, this is the inner sanctum of this, uh, the, the Osiris Club, right? And it says, giants once dominated the British Isles. And vile, loathsome creatures as uh, as likely to eat you as look at you, right? And they've always been a problem. Bodies buried all over England. This is uh, some of the references to Stonehenge or whatnot. Uh, they were they found they're they're more those sort of uh, apparatus are they're small and big and there's tons of skulls onto them. But it's you know it's alluding to that, but and more. So anyway, it's a curious feature of giants that they occasionally rise from their graves and wreak havoc, right? This is just mythology, whatnot. Uh, and when they do, we organize a hunt. Now, it's important to, to recognize, and I won't go into this in totality, but a lot of these secret societies, they like to go on a hunt. And sometimes the hunt is for a human, okay? Uh, the, the, the wild hunt... And he says, oh, catching right up here. This room is littered with symbolism. We're not going to go into all of that, but it's a lot of elk and all this stuff, right? Um, and the elk goes back to Sernanos, the uh, the stag god, the father of um, Thor, back to Baal again, da-da-da-da-da, right? And so we see the giant's head up here, different types of giants, some with horns, whatnot, okay? And why do you mean... Uh, uh, wh sorry, why do you need me to help you kill giants? Now, this is, this is a very important question because the answer to the question uh, is, it doesn't make sense what happens after this, but anyway. So anyway, right? So he says that, and then he says three giants, actually, and this particular trio is terrorizing the new forest. Now, people that write about giants or whatnot, they go into Rome and Europe, well, Rome is in Europe, but Europe and other places around the world, America, and they tell how the giants were cannibals and this, that, and other. There's actual evidence of this, but we're not going to get into all that now. We're just relaying a case. There's a, a, a skeleton of a mermaid there, right? And other stuff hanging around there. So anyway, uh, wait, what does it say? He says, there's no, uh, this particular trio is terrorized. Okay. So sucking on the bones of anyone unlucky enough to fall foul to them, right? The marrow, you see, they can't get enough. What this is alluding to is adrenochrome. Yeah. So remember the term adrenochrome. We're going to get to that in a second, but this is what this is alluding to, okay? Uh, for those that know, don't know, when you, when, uh,
children or whatnot, they're abused, the adrenaline goes into their blood, they get adrenalized, and they people use this stuff to so-called stay young or whatnot. It's a very big thing in our day, and it's not it, it's nothing new. Okay, so anyway, as we move. Um, well, yeah, you know, that goes back to even, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, as the giant legend of the giant killing the children. So, right. Yes, yes. V5 ho fum. Yep. <laughs> and, and what and what does he he smells the blood. So their yeah. olfactory senses were targeting on blood. Yes. Um, so if what it says, so if any any were to reach a population center, basically say he's saying that humanity would be wiped out. Um, but this is not super integral to the whole story. This is just a side note. This is just a side story because something's happening here that um, Hellboy isn't smart enough to realize. Okay. Um, so then uh, these are Gigantum Mortis, very unpleasant. Okay. Uh, so basically, uh, what does this mean? Uh, dead giants, right? <laughs> uh, something like that. So anyway, yeah. um, Trevor was a, a a guest of the hunt. Trevor is the, is the father figure that we pointed out earlier. Okay, so Trevor was a guest of the hunt when we took one down in 1943. Okay, so obviously these guys should be super old, and they're not. And so this is the picture. This is the, the father, Trevor. This is the rest of these guys. So they still pretty much look the same. And he says, um, I always knew that age well, but you guys. Picture looks like it was taken yesterday. And you see this figure coming out in the background here, right? And um, the guy says there's a reason for that. And she comes out now with her eyes. that I, They didn't explain if she was blind or not, but I'm going to presume that she's blind, okay? And uh, it says here, the phenomenon you, you so rightly observed was by product of a seance. Now, remember, this whole story is about white magic, dark magic. They both think they're bene uh, benevolent. Okay. So uh, they use the seance to call up a spirit to give them some sort of lasting life. So anyway, uh, uh, the four of us, along with your Professor Broom, were involved in just uh, involved in just before the war. Oh, allow me to introduce our resident seer, Lazy Elizabeth. That's who just walked out there. Lazy Elizabeth, La Lazy Lady Elizabeth Hatton, right? And she's a seer. Now they they had seers in the Bible, but not in this context. Okay, they were more uh, divinely um, inspired by God, given foresight into the future uh what we, we would call bible prophecy okay this is something yeah, different. i'm sorry and i wonder if there's any connection between uh you know uh, mrs you know the first lady roosevelt because she was said to be involved in necromancy herself oh interesting. i don't know if that's a hidden reference there maybe i mean because well you know what we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there so um the spirit i made contact with uh, that night was ex exceptionally powerful, right? And so as we move here, it warned us that something was coming. Something that would end mankind. Now, remember that they're all alluding to what they call the apocalypse, okay? Uh, and that 
We've been chosen to seek it out and destroy it. Ever since we've aged at a snail pace in order to fulfill that mission, this should this should get this uh, demon dude to think hard right now, what's going on? Uh, and so he says, no matter how long it took, okay, and this thing you've wor wor worried about, did it show up? That's Hellboy talking. And she says, oh yes, you did, right? So this right here should give him uh, a big alert to get out of there. Am I right or wrong? You're right. <laughs> okay. So it says, I was there the night that you came into the world, right? Uh, I was there. Okay. So right here we have what uh, most people will call a crystal ball. What's happening here? Well, one, they're inside of a, a witchcraft symbol that I'll try to get to later on. But let's focus on the crystal ball. Uh, this is pretty the, the the process what they're going through right now it's called scrying this uh any reflective surface whether it's water uh a mirror whatever that's reflective you could do a scrying and you call on spirits but but she's a seer so she what she's trying to pull up here is the past right and then the crystal ball goes like that and we end up seeing uh this island off the coast of Britain. And there we have a, uh, uh, what's the thing? Stonehenge-like set, set up. And so he says, but the Nazis still had one last trick up their sleeves because remember I explained earlier that they were trying to win the war, they were losing ground and all that stuff. So they, they turned to pretty much the occult, but they, the Nazis were already involved in the cut. So what they, uh, in the occult, so what they're trying to do now is summon something um, from the deep which is the abyss, right? And they turn to infamous necromancer, Grigory Rasputin. Now remember necromancy, for those that knows, know, don't know, is communicating with the dead or trying to raise the dead, all right? And it says, on the island off the coast of Scotland, they gathered to invoke an ancient occult ritual. They're not telling you what the ritual is, but uh, he starts doing his little latin thing and uh, you see the symbolisms here the this is not a nazi symbol this is a symbol for from the east nazi took it from that uh belief system then you have the dragon which represents satan then you have the upside down star the pentagram which is five uh points which means which means um pretty much earth air water fire spirit and uh, all that stuff, okay? Uh, the quintessence is what what is another term for it, all right? So he's doing his thing, and he says, intended to turn the tide of war back to Germany's favor. Lightning strikes, and they said something went wrong. The ritual didn't turn out quite as they planned. This is Lobster. He is the spirit guide for Hellboy, but at this point, he's still alive, okay? And he's supposed to be on the side of the ally, the allied forces. And he says, for I've come to inflict justice on you all. And here comes Professor, well, a big fight happened. I didn't bother showing it. They, a shootout happened. And so Professor Broom and myself were working with the allies. This is the lady talking here. It's still in the, the inner sanctum there. Um, working with the allies at the time. Um, with with his knowledge of the occult and my gift of foresight. So again, they're also into witchcraft that um, 
just not going to work out. Um, Kevin, uh, to speak for a second. My dog is driving me crazy. I got to let him out the cage. Okay. Speak for a second. Thank you. Oh, Kevin's not even there. Hold on a second. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Uh, baby. All right. Yeah. Can you talk for a second? Cause I got to let my dog out the cage. He's driving me crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we spoke about, you know, the that could have been a hidden veil reference to Eleanor Roosevelt, you know, and there was some uh, controversy suggesting that uh, Hillary Clinton was actually running uh, some uh, seances to um, supposedly speak uh, to Miss Eleanor Roosevelt during her time in the White House. Of course, she was the uh, longest reigning uh, first lady. Uh, being in there for the four terms uh, with uh, President Roosevelt. So uh, I could be another tie in there with that one. And just uh, calling that her lady and being around in uh, uh, the World War II time period uh, seems to be a, a giveaway on that. But uh, a lot of things with the Nazis and the occult world, and uh, it seemed to just be, uh, they're bringing a lot of things out, Chris, in this movie, you know, with the giants, Nazis, and the cult. And it's like, uh, as with all movies, we, you know, we spoke to um, the Captain America Winter Soldier movie, bringing, about, uh, bringing out about Operation Paperclip. This was, you know, just uh, in the... Um, public domain the things that uh were so-called conspiracy so-called conspiracy theories for years but seem to be a hint of truth to all of it now yes yes there is okay so thank you for that okay. uh echo. Yeah. Is there a little echo there all right so all right as we move uh he said we led a secret mission to the island um, to kill whatever abomination was to, was summoned from the depths of hell that night, and uh, as you see here, he's pretty much there was. He's, what happened is, um, I, I hear a feedback there. Echo. Um, I don't hear anything. Sorry. They were pointing their guns at what was coming out of the the pit, and so he's trying to stop them. And he says, I'll take you from here. And then we see a hand come out of the pit. And she says, instead, we found you. And that's baby Hellboy. Now, again, yeah. this is a public rendition of what we call a demon. It's red, you know, all that stuff. So your father never told you, did he? Basically the full story. Okay, why he was really there that night. Rasputin brought you into the world as a weapon with patience and understanding. Uh, Broom turned that weapon into a force of good. Um, so again, this is training your mind to think that a demon being is can be used for good. Uh, basically, uh, demons hate our guts. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's you know what we always mention on here: the yin and the yang. You know, and you know what's disturbing to me. I've seen this in a lot of the, uh, you know, some of these so-called deliverance ministers in our day. 
you know, especially with maybe an exorcist or something as that nature, they're trying to uh, fight the powers of the demonic with, you know, the holy salt, holy water, whatever, you know, they may call it. But once again, you think, well, you know, how can a kingdom, you know, as it says in the Bible, a kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. But it's that yin and yang principle is what is it, what it is, you know, that they actually can fight against one another. Right. And it's just a misguide. It's an illusion. Uh, but it's training the, the, per, the person that's not saved and um, are pretty much into this stuff. They will believe that uh, this really malevol malevolent being is benevolent. Right. Right. So says um, he saw something in you that the rest of us could not. And he raised you as his own son. The hunt will assemble at dawn. Now, remember, he sh actually should be afraid of them here. Okay? But for whatever, whoever wrote the script, I guess the story had to move on. Okay? Uh, so he says, so I'm devil spawn and a Nazi. Yeah. Right? So apparently he knows both are bad. Right? But we're going to keep on moving on like he's a good guy. All right? So as it skips now to another place, this is uh, this place we'll come back to at the end of the movie. But right in here is a monastery or whatever you want to call it, a church, so-called. Uh, and they've taken a vow of silence, uh, these people are here. And so anyway, what happens, what I didn't take screenshots shots of is they hear noise. And uh, the, the dude I'm going to show next, he breaks the door down and kills one of, one of these guys and actually continues on his, his rage, this guy, right? I don't even know his name. We're just going to call him the pig guy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, where is the monk, right? And uh, the guy kind of, remember, he doesn't speak. They took a vow of silence, so he wrote something on, a, on a, a tablet or whatnot. And right here, he's killing the rest of the monks. I tried to get the, the least gruesome scene. So that's just showing you he's killing them. And this guy right here, he's, on, he's like scared to death. And he says, I wonder does screaming break your vow of silence, brother. And he says some other stuff and whatnot. And he takes him downstairs uh, because the guy answered him on the pad. And um, he says, you know, only the words from a man of God can break the seal. Right. Because he's trying to get him to speak and he won't speak. And so he says, have I have to do Have I got to do everything myself? And so what he does is, and I didn't show it because it was very gruesome, he, he pr pretty much ripped his tongue out of his throat, okay? And he puts it, he eats his tongue, and then the look on his face right there is not because he's scared. It's because he's acting as a monk, saying a incantation, right? And it's very, very creepy in the movie, by the way. And yeah. so the incantation he's saying is over this box, this box contains, uh, hold on, the, the, he says, welcome back, your majesty, after he does the incantation. And she's, her, head is, her head is in there, so he found one of the pieces, the main piece of the head, right? And he was guided there by the woman that we showed earlier, okay? So it skips from this scene to the hunt now. And you notice the guy's wearing an elk um, on his elk head whatever on his head and these guys have electric uh devices electronic devices on their back with the spares and whatnot 
and Hellboy here is riding with them. He still has no clue. <laughs> I think it was pretty obvious uh, that they were wanting to kill him. And so they turned on him while he's um, riding with them. The elk again is going back to Cernanos, Cern, um, the elk lodges, Freemasonry, on and on and on we go, right? See the skull of death there and whatnot. So they stabbed Hellboy in the chest. I blurred it out so it wouldn't be too gruesome. Uh, he kind of escapes, sort of, kind of, jumps over there, and they follow him down, saying to bring him down, and they corner him, sort of. Uh, it's important here, that the water. He says, do you really think we needed your help? And he's talking about the hunt for the giants. Did you really think? And he's, and he's looking at him here, again, the, the elk head. And yeah. he says, um, to kill something we've been hunting for centuries, Right. It's, it's a kind of a double a double meaning there because they have been hunting the giants, but they're really hunting him. Okay, and so they start to shock him with those spears. Um, there we go again, and he says, uh, "We will never allow the devil to sit on the throne of England." This is very important to understand. Yeah, very very uh, even in Bible prophecy, <laughs> because. Um, as dispensationalist uh, theologians, they believe that the Antichrist will come out of Europe based on Nebuchadnezzar's statue and some other things that connect to that part of the world, right? And also, it also connects to the end of the movie. So remember this, we will never allow the devil to sit on the throne of England, okay? And are they, uh, now, this is something I, I'm not sure of now. Is there, supposedly, this Osiris Club, is there a lineage back to uh, King Arthur the Hero? N not them. Okay. Not them. Um, not that I can recall sitting through this movie all night. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it seems like that statement, though, would be a throwback to that. But I, that's one part I did not understand on that. Yeah. And so uh, so he says um, to usher in the apocalypse. Now, remember, the apocalypse for them is just catastrophe, hell on earth, demons everywhere. For us Christians, Bible believing Christians, the apocalypse, it, apocalypse is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's actually a message of hope and not doom, even though there's a lot of calamity in it. OK, right. reminding people of that. Um, and says, and now I must do what your father should have done those many years ago, meaning kill him. Okay. So what happens here that, 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 uh, I'm not showing is somebody gets their head smashed off and it's this guy, but it's from an unseen force. So we'll get to that in a, in a moment. Okay. So he's dead. Don't worry about him anymore. <laughs> and so now it switches to this scene. I know it's a little gruesome, but we have to show it. Uh, he's finding all her body parts, right? Now, remember, this ties back to Isis, Osiris, Samaramis, Nimrod, Tammuz, and all that, okay? Uh, so she's there on the couch watching TV. This is her hand with the remote, her leg and whatnot, okay? And so Pig Boy here, which is, we didn't mention it, but he is a manifestation of Tammuz. And yeah. if you want to explain that for a second. Yeah, just, you know, that the fact that, you know, Tammuz was killed by a wild boar. And, of course, you know, the, as far as the uh, mythos goes and the legend, he came back to life. And, of course, 
the date he came back to life was December the 25th, uh, connected with the winter solstice. The, the days, I guess you could say, was that three days after the winter solstice. So, And also in the Bible, uh, the uh, Israelites, uh, the Jewish people, were committing spiritual fornication with God in many different ways, even with the queen of heaven that we see here. And yeah, that's in the book of Jeremiah. And they went weeping for Tammuz. That's why you have the pig on Easter. That's why you have the, the Easter bun. They would make cakes in, in to uh, celebrate uh, or weep or whatever for Tammuz. And so, again, that's why you have the Easter bun. Uh, not that eating a bun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, the weeping yeah. is connected with a the with a Lent, you know, the forty days of weeping. So that's where Lent comes in before uh, Easter time. Yeah, and that's not that's a Catholic tradition. That's not uh, Christian, right? Okay, exactly. So, all right. So as we move, remember she's on the couch, and she's this is the remote in her hand, even though it's not connected to her body, and she says this. Uh, look at this. A world ravaged by war and poverty, led by feckless for, uh, fear mongers, and uh, they've replaced sword with singing competition. Oh, so one of the, the illusions there is uh, Isis and uh, Diana and all these names that we can name off, they're also uh, goddesses of war. Right. Okay. So she's mad that there's no war, <laughs> right? And he's, you know, sympathizing with her. So anyway, that scene is gone. There's more to explain there, but it doesn't make sense really going through it because we're going to end up talking about those things later. So anyway, um, Hellboy uh, comes out of the river and uh, pretty much uh, wounded, and he sees this. I covered it up because it's kind of gruesome. These giants actually arrived. That's who smashed the dude's heads off head off and this is the rest of his entourage and they're having a, a meal right and so he says i guess you did you did need my help after all right and so anyway what happens next is these giants start to chase him and he kills them all pretty much so we don't have to go into that too much uh and so next he arrives at this young lady's house uh we i can't remember the name but we'll figure it out in a second um and, and pretty much they're catching up here he rescued her when she was young, and we'll get to that in a second. So he says, this is what you do now, huh? What, uh, you what? You read tea leaves? So here we go, another aspect of the occult. Back here, you see a fortune-telling thing. We'll get a close-up of that in a minute. Um, and so, yeah, so she's into fortune-telling and all this stuff and seeing and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, and shun, uh, and shun the, the famous uh, Bandersnatch. If it were, if it weren't for the dead, I never would have found you, right? And that's the the, the young lady talking, I, I believe. And again, fortune telling. We got the owl symbolism here, which goes back to Molech and other issues, um, all this witchcraft stuff. So she, she does palm reading and all, you know, psychic stuff, tarot card, what whatnot, right? And so now she says they, they keep blathering on. Uh, she's talking about the dead, okay? So she cares the dead. And uh, especially mom and dad, right? Here's mom and dad. Uh, the picture's not there. I can't see the whole picture, but whatever. And it, she has their urns there. And he says, sorry, I didn't know that they're dead. We'll get to them in a minute. And she's, he's, she, she started hearing something. He said, more dead people? 
And he says, I told you they never shut up. Mm. They're saying I should kill you while I have the chance. Now, the spiritual realm is telling everybody that he needs to die because he's going to bring on the apocalypse. Okay. And um, seems like everybody wants me dead nowadays. They give you a reason. Only that the end is coming. So this is the motif through the whole show. All right. Uh, and it'll be you that bring it. Now, for those that just joined us, Hellboy here is the embodiment of what we would call the Antichrist, but he's the reluctant uh, hero or the, the reluctant villain, whichever way you want to put it. He's both. And you see these beads around him? These are Catholic beads. He rubs yep. these things. And they are rosary beads. rosary beads. And they're to ward off spirits and all this other stuff. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> This makes no sense to me, but um, you want to say something? Well, just you know that you know those are tools used in exorcism, like I mentioned. I think while he was gone, I don't know if I mentioned while he's gone, but the holy salt and the holy water, uh, those things are never prescribed in the scriptures. You know the uh, the name of Jesus is what we're said to come combat the the spiritual you know anything we might meet in the spiritual realm the name you know the name of jesus has the power where not these man-made uh religious uh, relics if you will but you know you see people carrying on with these things and uh, taking these into a battle they might be like those seven uh sons of skiva over there in the book of acts that to, had to take off running <laughs> all right <laughs> um okay so he throws out a tarot card because you're talking about him. And this tarot card is uh, El, uh, El Diablo, the devil. And pretty much that's him. Now, he's not literally uh, the devil in this story, but again, allegory. Right. Right. So they go under the, the desk and she says, uh, uh, basically, she showed him a shotgun. The shotgun is right here, but she didn't kill him. Right. She says the dead might be afraid of your your demon, you know, behind, but I know you better. The reason why we'll get to in a second. OK. Uh, besides, I still owe you one for saving my life when I was a kid. Uh, now, uh, what happened after this scene is uh, some police like uh, military people from this organization jumped uh Busted in there and got him out, and um, basically they have to go on a mission. And she, uh, he says, um, he says to where, where is it? This guy, sorry. Uh, her name is Alice. That's her name, Alice. Um, she's a powerful spirit medium. And what you find in real life is uh, some of these police agencies they really do use spirit mediums. So yeah. this is no surprise. And is still evil okay <laughs> now and he's pretty much saying um take her with you we need all the help we can get because he knows what's coming okay and so anyway they take off from there and head to this mansion uh this is the place where this was the inner sanctum of this osiris group okay so what happened there when he walked in okay before that sorry She's in the truck and she's uh, they're like, what's wrong? She's having this uh, psychic migraine, as she calls it. And something terrible happened here. And what they find is a gruesome scene. Uh, I think it was a pig man that cut, that went there and, and did this. Um, and so anyway, they find Lady, Lady Hatton laid out there. 
And remember, this is an altar type, uh, a circle, you know, witchcraft. It's always about the circle. You stand in the circle, you do all these things. This is what this is where the crystal ball was. Okay. And she says, Lady Hen. Okay, so she remember she's a seer and she has all the powers and she talks with the dead. Okay. So she puts her hand on Lady Hatton's Hatton, her forehead, and this happens, right? You see the the the, the neck there getting all squishy or whatever. So you're thinking that this lady is gonna, you know jump up or something. But what happens is her spirit comes out of, or if you can call it a spirit, uh, out of her mouth. And this is how it manifests, right? And sorry about that. Oh my gosh, forget it. She has <laughs> turned, right? And now she's going to start speaking her thing and says man will fall to uh her darkness she's talking about nimue nimue nim say it again please. nimue 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 oh my goodness those who call the shadows home will rise again basically uh all the demonic creatures okay the queen must never find a king right and when Nimue is whole again, Nimue, then your true destiny will be revealed. Everybody keeps saying the same thing and the same thing and the same yeah. thing, okay? Uh, uh, this I have seen, right? So remember, she's a witch too, so she's seen it. And the powerful demon that they brought up that no one's mentioning, uh, his name or her name, whatever it is, uh, and so anyway, okay, only then will, and then she stops. And uh, anyway, what happens after that is the pig creature, they ran up on him and uh, knocked him to, he knocked him to the ground. And now Nim Nimue comes into him in a vision. And what happens next is very important, also in symbolism. So anyway, she says, never have I seen a creature quite like you such power, such glorious potential. And what's behind her is a moon, full moon. And yeah. let me finish what saying first. There is no reason for us to be enemies when we can be so much more. Now, the problem here is, remember, she's in uh, a manifestation of Isis, Samaramas, Diana, the moon, the Dianic witchcraft, She's a moon goddess as well. That's yeah, let me read this to you, Chris, uh, from the this legend of Semiramis. She taught that the moon was a goddess that went through a 28-day cycle and ovulated when full. She further claimed that she came down from the moon in a giant moon egg that fell into the Euphrates River. This was to, ha to have had happened at the time of the first full moon after the spring equinox. So that comes in. Everyone wants to know why is Easter at different times of the year. Well, that, that points to it, that it's the, after the, the full moon there. Right. Um, so one of the symbols, uh, I, I, I brought it up. I don't know where it is now, but uh, okay, let's see if I can find it. Um, it's like the symbol of Babylon, but worse. Uh, the symbol that she was laying down there in was something like this, but it's not this. Anyway, it's 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 a summoning symbol. That's why 
the lady was in it like that in the circle dead. And that's why the, the crystal ball was in it. It's a summoning circle, okay? And we'll get to something like that again later. So yeah, you just explained um, <laughs> pretty much what, this, what the moon symbolism is in, a, in depth. And now she, after she talks, to, wait, no, here it is. Uh, they fear us, they call us monsters. Now monsters is another name for demons, okay? All right, or fallen angel or whatnot. We yearn for the same day, meaning the end, when we are not reviled, but lauded as heroes, right? And she uh, comes to give him some affectionate touch, seed by seed, mm. right? Three by three. Uh, remember now that we're dealing with a trifecta here. Yep. Okay, stone by stone, we'll re replant Eden together, wow. right? Now, so what that's saying is that he is the new Adam, which replaces Jesus because Jesus is the second Adam. Yeah. Okay? And obviously she's the new Eve. Um, well, too, and then you, the whole symbolism also, too, is back to Semiramis and Nimrod, uh, you know, so actually you know where there are some that claim you know the antichrist will be nimrod incarnated i don't remember who was yeah, there was somebody touting that a few years ago right yeah it's a few people that say that i you yeah. know i i believe only god can resurrect the dead um but you know that's another su another subject um and so uh what happens next only the fates decide now i'm going to stop here and go to my definitions for people that don't know, go to Greek mythology, the fates or morai are a group of three weaving goddesses who assign individual destinies. This is where we get the term destinies from, by the way, it's not a Christian term. Um, to mortals at birth, their names are Clotho the spinner, Lacheus uh, or Lacheus or Lachesis, uh, the allotter and Athropos, the inflexible in the older myths, they were the daughters of Nyx, but later they are more often portrayed as the offspring of Zeus and Themis in Orphic cosmo uh, cosmogony. Their mother is said to have been Ananki, Ananki or um, necessity. Either way, they had enormous power and even Zeus was unable to recall their decisions. So this, do you ever, you know, people say destiny, 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 or your fate will be, this is where all that stuff comes from, okay? Yeah. So if you wanna go look that up some more, they have more definitions here of what's going on there, but we're not gonna get into all that for the sake of time. So, um, and, and this fate and destiny theme uh, continues after this. So anyway, she starts to, Go away this vision this is the whole vision now this is not happening in real time right this is all uh, a vision because she she's she's not fully together her body isn't fully together yet so anyway um what's a gruach okay this this is going back now to the pig guy okay for those that are confused this is going back to the pig guy now that they just fought and um she says we first crossed paths years ago oh no that's hellboy talking 
but it's, it's, this is Alice. It's connected to her life as a baby. So now we're going to get into that part of the story. Um, Alice was just a baby at the time and fairies love to steal babies, right? So this, this, this story of the fairies also comes back to our modern time of UFOs and great aliens and whatnot, but we're not going to go there. I'm just connecting it for you. But these were, these were the story of the fairies. The fairies, anyone can look this up if you don't believe me, fairies were also always known as demons and they became popular after the grim fairy tales became popular. And now we have it everywhere, especially through Disney. So anyway, yep. the fairies love to steal babies, right? It's like, uh, they, the, this is the father here saying, uh, it's like living in a nightmare we can't wake up from. Who knows why, but when they do manage to get their hands on one, uh, I think this is a uh, Hellboy talking now, on a baby, they leave a, challenge, uh, a, a, a changeling in its place to pass for human. So what's mm. going on here, and you, you, I, it, this, this theme will come up again, is that they exchange uh, the demon, the changeling, to have a good life. Okay, yeah. so This is what this changeling is looking for here, while the baby is kidnapped. Alice is kidnapped, okay? Um, and uh, so he's, I think it's Hellboy saying, she looks the same to me, but uh, let's see here. I can't explain it. Oh, this is the mother talking. That's not my daughter. Right, so cute little baby, that's not my daughter. Then uh, what Hellboy does after coochie cooing her, <laughs> Google guy in her, uh, he says iron. They hate this stuff, so he pulls out the lucky horseshoe, or whatever, and it starts crying. Then it pulls him up and he turns, changes into a little pig baby. Okay. Yeah. Um, so all this transformation, changeling, were werewolf, and all that stuff comes from witchcraft. If you didn't know that. Um, so he's saying, let me go, let me go. And he does some profane things and whatnot. So I skipped all of that. And he's running through the chimney, right? And uh, Hellboy's calling him slippery. And well, he- uh, let me stop there. Uh, I'm not sure why they say they hate iron, where, you know, the demonic in the scriptures is always connected with iron. If you look at the giant over there, Og, that's mentioned in the book of Numbers mm-hmm. and Deuteronomy, it says his bed was a bed of iron. And you talk about the the hybrids that will come down in the tribulation, talked about in Daniel 2, they're iron mixed with clay. There's an iron element, and I'm I'm not sure why he said they do not like iron there, unless it just reveals them. Maybe that's the case. Yeah, yeah, that's the case. Um, And it might go back into some folklore that I haven't read about yet, but here we are, right? Yeah, but it's interesting they do bring up the iron when it is. There's definitely a biblical connection there. Yeah. Um, so uh, you better bring these people back their baby, or I'm coming to get her myself. Um, a lot of these guys are scared of Hellboy, by the way. Um, that's in the comics. And then you and your little fairy friends are going to be sorry. So anyway, they wait. And finally, they hear a thud or something or a doorbell ring. I can't remember what it was or a knock. And they open a door and she says, Alice, Alice is on the floor, picks her up. Well, thank God she's back. And then this is the fairy that dropped her off. And she says, he says, Hellboy saying this better be a clean diaper or I'm coming after you. Um, Supposed to be funny or whatnot, but whatever. Um, Guess I couldn't avoid him forever is what uh, Alice is saying in the real world. This is a flashback, remember? So, guess I couldn't fo- avoid him forever. 
um, Destiny, again, always has a way of bringing things full circle. Now, remember, destiny is a pagan term, so is the fate, for those that are just joining us. And so anyway, um, Hellboy now is saying destiny is stupid for a coincidence because he doesn't believe what's going on in his life now is any, has anything to do tied with destiny or fate or anything like that. So anyway, um, he says, don't talk about fate. Uh, she's a vindictive, whatever. That's the, the, the lady that's talking. Alice, I think that's Alice talking, okay? So uh, we, we carry every sin committed in our bloodlines. Here goes the theme of the bloodlines again, yeah. right? And it's gonna, this bloodline theme is going to come up more and more and more. So, um, it's so supposedly in science, in real science, there is some proof that... Uh, Things that our ancestor did, ancestors do carry on, even memories. I, I don't know if I hold to that, but that's some stuff going on in science, okay? Well, I mean, you know, there's a definite, you know, I guess probably maybe a, a little bit of truth in that statement other than, you know, we just have uh, corrupted DNA from Adam. So, you know, there we do hold potentials for, I guess, sins that committed, you know, by our ancestors. You know, we, we may have a, pre-position uh, to do those as well, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's totally false. Yeah, right, but, yeah. Yeah, so, um, uh, okay, Blood Queen said pretty much the same thing. He, what she just said here about the bloodlines, about all that, he's saying Blood Queen said pretty much the same thing. That's why she was mentioning, uh, you know, the seed and all those things, right? Okay, so this is another scene uh, again, um, it's a little gruesome, but I have to show it to give you context because if I don't show it, you won't get what I'm talking about. So this is a scene um, where they're now, they have witches that are praying over uh, an incantation over Nimue uh, to make her whole again, okay? And so they start saying these little things here, all night, so blah, blah, blah. And... This is the scene here. Uh, they're putting her body back together. And of course, the witchcraft circle and all that stuff. And you see that right here, I'm not going to show it too much because as you get closer, it's just, this is based pretty much guts. Okay. I don't know if that's her guts. Probably not. Probably some animal. This, the goat, the goat they sacrificed. Now, important that you re recognize the black goat, the black uh, Baphomet symbol, symbolism there. It's very uh, important that we point that out. Uh, and there, and uh, oh, another thing is there always has to be a sacrifice, and that it's going to get more apparent later. There always has to be a sacrifice. There always has to be a spilling of blood in some capacity, right? And so we went there. Now that they're putting the body all the way back to make it whole now. And so this is one of the witches um, saying her little enchantment there, and um, they're sewing her together. And um, so here goes Pigman, or let's just call him Tammuz. Pigman, Tammuz, right? He's saying, I could have been a person. Remember, we just showed that he was a baby trying to be in a, basically identity theft, okay? And he said, I could have had a real life filled with light and happiness. Hellboy stole that from me. And so that's why he wants to kill him and all that stuff. So I'm just giving you that context there. It's it's very dark, very it's just all occultic, right? So anyway, 
Um, so he says, now this is we're in the office of the, the bureau. There's another scene. And he says, um, so what, what ha what's happening here is pretty much the, the daddy, Trevor, or um, he's explained that they have to go on a mission to pretty much annihilate the blood queen. Okay. And for those that are just uh, entered the room, uh, the blood queen is the queen of heaven and other names. Okay. So anyway, Hellboy is getting kind of irritated. He said, your moral high ground is founded on a pile of bull, right? And he, then he says, this is the BPRD, where the line in the sand. That's what the Trevor is saying. Now, remember, this is the side of white magic, all right? Um, then he says, uh, if we weren't here, this would be Satan's holiday home. Uh, so let's talk about that for two seconds. Uh, this world is already Satan's kingdom temporarily until Jesus Christ comes back. Because of the fallen nature of this world, Satan or Baal is the god of this world. Okay, so that's why all these bad things happen. We're in a fallen state. Um, people ask why God lets bad things happen and stuff. We're in a fallen world, and this is Satan's kingdom. Okay, so what he's saying right here is a misnomer. <laughs> right? Uh, anything you want to say before I go on? Uh, no, I, th I think you covered that one good. It, this is uh, is just he's temporarily uh, got the reins because you know when he offered the, all the kingdoms of the world to Christ over there uh, during the temptation over there in Luke four, you know he didn't argue with him and tell him it wasn't his to give. So right, right. So as we move on, uh, he says, uh, you know, maybe if humans were, weren't so keen on killing witches and demons and such, the witches and demons and such wouldn't be so keen on killing humans. Now, this goes into, okay, they want you to have sympathy for witches and demons because they have been, uh, if you want to use the word persecuted, that's fine, uh, over time. And in some places, including Africa and coming soon to America, there are legislations passed that you cannot uh, discriminate against witches and stuff. So they're pretty much given leniency to run rampant. Okay? You can look that up for yourself. I can't show you the evidence here, but it's, it's, it's also coming to America if we let it get that far. So, so, so he's, he wants you to have sympathy for witches, sympathy for demons, because he is one, okay? Playing with the mind, especially the mind of the viewer, to think that it, it, we need to find an equal ground where we can exist together. This is like the one world religion and other things that are in our culture rising today. So um, then he says, uh, th this is the Trevor talking. He says, that's a false equivalence. And you know it pretty much because he's been hunting demons all his life. And there's got to be another way. This is what Hellboy is saying. And he says, there, uh, the answer to every threat we face cannot be annihilation, right? Now, this is a guy that's killed and maimed a ton of humans and otherworldly beings and whatnot, okay? So anyway... There's got to be a world where monsters don't have to hide in the shadows. This is pretty much saying, let's have witchcraft become normal. Let's have demons become normal. I know I don't have to spell it out for you guys that are already up on this stuff, but some people need explanation. So uh, that's why I chose to do that. Um, anything you want to say before I go on? I, I think you've, you've got it good, man. 
All right. So then he says, where uh, where they don't have to live in fear, where monsters or demons has uh uh oh it's so let me see and she okay so he cuts him off and he says has she got you nim uh, has she got you nimue she she got to you with her perfume words and her perky uh breasts right and he says i'm not even talking about her lying of course uh and he says we face every mystical and metaphysical threat there is and yet you take me in so it's it's about resentment for him being alive, being the antichrist, uh, the reluctant hero, the reluctant villain. That whole, uh, you know, characterization of him. And he says, "Why you weren't you weren't sent to kill me?" You know. And so anyway, uh, he's not telling the truth. He knows the truth. He's trying to get him to say it, and on and on. So he leaves there now, and this is where some more important uh, aspects come in. So he goes into uh, this elevator, and the elevator is symbolic for ascension, descension. And so what you're going to see here, he's uh, he, he pushed to go down. No, actually pushed to go up. I don't know where that screenshot is. He, put, he pushed to go up, and now it's saying going down, and he's like, what? <laughs> okay, is this here? Okay, see, going up. Okay, sorry. And then going down, and he's like, what's going on? And pretty much the elevator drops. He's going all crazy and whatnot. And then he hits the, the ground and he wakes up here at the lower ground, which is really another dimension. Okay. So this right here is a house with two chicken legs. Okay. And he says, Baba Yaga. All right. Now let's go to the mystery of, uh, what or who Baba Yaga is. In Slavic folklore, Baba Yaga, Russian, um, sorry there, is a supernatural being or a trio of sisters of the same name who appears as a deformed or ferocious looking old woman. Remember, we saw her earlier. I just didn't tell you her name, right? In Slavic culture, Baba Yaga lived in a hut usually described as standing on chicken legs. Baba Yaga may help or hinder those that encounter her or seek her out. She may play a maternal role and has association with forest wildlife. Remember uh, earth worship and all that stuff? Sernanus, it goes all over the place. According to Vladimir Prop uh, folktale uh, folk morphology, Baba Yaga commonly appears as either a donor, villain, or may or may be altogether ambiguous. Her depictions uh, vary greatly across tales, ranging from a child-eating monster. Remember, she had little hand bones in her hands at the beginning. I just didn't reveal what it really was. Uh, to helping a protagonist find his missing bride. Now, remember this part, because Hellboy and the lady, Samaramis and uh, Nimrod, all right? Uh, are supposed to be trying to get together here, right? So to help a protagonist find his missing bride. And I'll stop there with Baba Yaga. So you know who we're dealing with now, okay? So um, he says Baba Yaga, and the house kind of crouches in front of him so he can get inside. Then he lifts up, and he's kind of almost falling off, and now he's inside, right? And so it's old and musty with some lights or whatever. 
and he, he's calling her out and she's kind of not showing herself. Um, and he says, why did you summon me? Right. Um, and then she says, I felt your hunger. Right. And remember, Baba Yaga is not on his side at all. Okay. And I have prepared a feast for you. Now, remember what she eats. Keep that in mind. And then she starts to do all these supernatural movements and whatever and crouching and all this stuff. Okay. So then she looks at him and she's like, uh, most think me grotesque. And she says some other stuff like, uh, probably because you did this to me. I recall you trying to raise Stalin's ghost from the necropolis. And necropolis is basically a, a, a graveyard. Okay. Don't get confused by that. It's just a graveyard. And, um, so you shot out. Oh, wait. So basically, if she's uh, trying to raise Stalin, she's pretty much trying to bring back a communist dictator for whatever reason. OK, they don't explain. But uh, communism is pretty much the big story of the day today. So um, this this movie came out in 2019. Um, so anyway, um, what she said here. OK, so so you shot out my eye and put me in this prison. Right. So she's been imprisoned by Hellboy. And now she's telling him to pretty much eat. OK, so he walks over, he sees the dining table, he says, yeah. And then um, he says, quite a spread for two people. It's just too much food there. And she's saying we're celebrating your her, uh, her return, the return of the blood queen. OK. And then you are correct to applaud, applaud her righteousness. Uh, another misnomer. Uh, she's not righteous at all. She's a wicked witch. Uh, and um, so in her world, you will be hailed a hero. Okay. So it's all a lot of temptation in the movie, but remember both sides are evil. Okay. And so pretty much she's trying to persuade him to something. And um, they will build statues of you 2,000 feet high, made from the bones of your enemies. Um, and he says, I think after that, he says, that's, that's going to take a lot of bones, right? And then she says, wait, what is for dinner? Or he says that. And, of course, all the food looks regular, Right. But then he dips his spoon. Sorry, guys, women out there. I know this is not going to be, but I have to show you context-wise. It's hands of younger ones, okay? And then he says, is that a child? And it's just a human child. It's just a human child, right? So no problem. It's just a human child. We're different. We're not of this world, you know? And back there now, you see... Certain things I'm not going to say because of YouTube's algorithm, okay? You see back there what's hanging over there on meat hooks. Now, why would they show this? Um, is it just because of the folklore? I don't think so. I think, and she's saying to eat, right? I think it's, a, it's another allusion to the adrenochrome. I think it's an, another allusion to... Um, uh, Hollywood and what goes on there, what's the, the child stuff traf trafficking and all that stuff. I think it's an allusion to that. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that's my insight. Okay. So she's trying to get him to eat. You know what? 
and then he, he pretty much rejects her. And then uh, he, she says, um, I can help you. And he says, you know where Nimu is, don't you? She says, um, such nice eyes. I want one to replace what you took from me, right? And uh, that's her right eye gone, by the way. It's a, it, that, that symbolism is, is alluded to the Antichrist, but she's not the Antichrist spirit. Well, she's the Antichrist spirit, but she's not the Antichrist. Um, so, oh, my dog wants to be up here now. Great. Um, so, you see, he tells her that's not going to happen. And she says, your time is running out, demon. Once the meal uh, resurrection, new re resurrection is complete, her plague will strip the flesh from bodies, right? Uh, and says, all right, fine, take it. So he's kind of given up, kind of, sort of, uh, and just, just tell me where to find her first. And he says, this is, she says, this is a sacred bargain. Once made, it cannot be broken. What do you want? Uh, he says, what do you want it in writing? And she says, uh, let's seal it with a kiss. Uh, and then they do the girl's kiss, right? And says, um, he says, uh, that's not, not, wait, that's, that's another, that's a double, double screen there. Sorry about that. Uh, he, she says that you only have until midnight. Now, this is important to explain because it goes into more occult stuff. And let's see where I put that screen. Okay, so why midnight? Pretty much uh, 12 a.m. Uh, or, or 12 to 1 or 3 a.m. It, it, it's the witching hour and various describes as being between the hours of midnight and 1 a.m. or the hours of 3 a.m. for first light, depending on who you are talking to, both of these two times are significant to pagan and modern spiritualists and to Christians as well. I don't know what Christians this, you know, this is important to probably Catholics, um, but the name they are given and the importance of association very based, uh, vary based on belief. By and large, the period of time between midnight and 1 a.m. is known as the witching hour was 3 a.m. to uh, first light is known as the devil's hour. The latter is designated more associated with Christianity, however, she's talking about the 3 a.m. thing, um, in significance of the time period in, uh, is recognized by many modern pagans and spiritualists, if not the same, right? So will uh, we witches can be witches at any time. This is a witch form, I mean, blog, by the way, so that's why they're saying that. Uh, at any time of the day or night, some whole midnight uh, hour uh, of particular significance. This is the time between times, the point where tomorrow becomes today and today is but yesterday. May, uh, many modern pagans see this time as a time um, when the veil between worlds is, uh, is weakest and therefore facilitating the best level of communication between the material world and the other world, regardless of the season. So he has to, Hellboy has to get to her before uh, the witching hour. Yeah, and you know, we talked about in a previous show, you know, back on Halloween when we had the blue moon that the witches were gathering together to cast a spell, you know, on our nation and our leadership. 
you know, at midnight there on Halloween with the blue moon. Yeah, yeah. Because they said actually the blue, the blue full moon uh, also uh, was significant of the veil thinning and granted them more power. And I, I think, you know, I hate to say it, but I think, you know, we can see there's been something in, unleashed on our land since that time. Yes. Uh, yes. It's been, it's been a heavy rise. <laughs> so, um, and it's, and it goes political as well. So, uh, so as we move here, um, he says, which shall it be the right or the left? It's pretty much, she's missing her right eye. She's asking him to choose. And she says here, now this will hurt a lot because she's trying to get that eye. And he backs off and he, she says, you swore you'll, you, and he says, you'll get your eye. We never specified a time frame. Should have been more specific. She attacks him and all that stuff. And then he's he's not giving it to her because she says he says you've been eating children. Okay. Um, remember now, no matter how you cut it, these are two wicked spiritual beings. Okay, so they're trying again to have you uh, empathize with him because of the nature of what she does as this uh, evil, spiritual, demonic force, right? Um, how you say the lesser of two evils? That's, that's what they're trying to get you to, to think in your mind. So anyway, and she says, go take your eyes and have them for a while. But cheat me, and here's my curse, that you have two eyes to see the thing you, you lost most in the world suffer and die, right? And this plays a tiny part in the rest of the film. It's, it's not some big deal as far as I saw. So anyway, this is another scene. And he's headed to Pendle Hill, right? So he says, do you know what, uh, what they did to the witches? Okay, this is not Hellboy talking. This is Alice. And she says, uh, they cut off their tongue, fed them to maggots, and burnt, buried them alive right there on the spot. Right. So, uh, again, this is a a thing to get you to empathize with witches, uh, whether they were burned or whatnot. Now, something that happened with witches in the past, they were not done um, by people that held tightly to the Bible. They used the Bible to pretty much be legalistic and gave them an, an excuse to burn a, a witch or whatnot. So that wasn't necessarily from... Um, true biblical Christians. Okay. So I need to put that in yeah. as a context. Go ahead. One thing, you know, back to the eye removal, you know, according to Zechariah chapter 11 speaks to the Antichrist having his, you know, right eye put out. So yeah, yeah. there's another reference to the Antichrist there. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned, I mentioned that uh, briefly, but um, yeah. So um, very important. And as we move here, She's back there at the tree now. Remember, the oak tree is very sacred in witchcraft, and that's where her blood went into when she was chopped up. Okay, so now she's. This is the last part of you can you can look at this like the ether. Remember in uh, the Avengers, the one of the, the the stones was the ether, and that's more like spiritual. So what you have is earth, air, water, fire, spirit, and this represents that that force of the quintessence. Uh, so it's in her blood and she has to get the blood out of the tree to make herself whole. 
Yeah, okay. and the ether speaks to being able to transcend into the spirit world. As you know, yeah. that's called the Ethereum. So the uh, it's sort of the transport well, the, yeah. uh, of the, into the spirit world. Yeah, what you're saying is going to make sense in a few seconds. Okay. <laughs> um, and so he's all, you know, thrilled by this. He thinks he's going to be in power or whatnot. And so anyway, um, her body starts to come back to uh, real flesh and blood or whatnot. And she says, I am reborn. Now, what this this is a reference to is the phoenix. And in the phoenix, the phoenix is a, rep is a representation of uh, um, reincarnation, Satan, Satan's wheel, Satan's um, rebirth um, from light to dark or dark to light or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's just different, all sorts of different stories when it comes to this stuff. So she's reborn. Um, and it's like if she was a male, this would be Nimrod. Uh, pretty much resurrected, All right? So, yeah, you're looking for good, Your Majesty. This is uh, the uh, okay. That was the pig man talking, and so now these demonic creatures start to show. Uh, the fairies start showing up, and then more hordes of demons start coming because you see a, the cloud is over there. It's 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 getting all dark and mystical or whatnot, and so. He, he says, they've come from out of the darkness to celebrate your return. Uh, no, now, sorry, no more bowing and scraping, my beloved. This is her talking. Now, this is the blood queen talking. Um, I want an army long hidden from the eyes of man. Now, you, you guys have seen this motif in many different movies. You know, they always, you know, got to raise, raise up demons or whatnot at the end. And um, she says, I want, to, I want the forgotten people out of the dark. Those who have lived in the dust, who have gnawed on dry bones while dreaming of blood. So it tells you what they want here. Okay. Cannibalism and whatnot um, and more. Uh, this is what I want. Give me an army like that and we will make the daytime world weep. So they're children of the night and all this other stuff. Well, don't just cower there like mice. Now she's talking to her, you'll see in a second, uh, their sisters, and they come out, the three witches, remember it's always a trifecta in some sort, right? Um, how kind of you to grace me with your presence. Now remember, these are the ones that betrayed her in the beginning of the movie, okay? And uh, after uh, hiding all these years, please, Nimu, this is the witch talking, please, Nimue, Nimue, for me and my sisters, have mercy. And she says, um, did you have mercy on me? Ganeda, and she starts to fold up these witches' bodies. When Arthur cut me into pieces and buried me alive, where was your mercy then? Don't, I beg you, look at you. She says, don't worry, Ganeda, I won't kill you. But you must do something for me first to prove your newfound loyalty. Oh, remember, sorry, uh, going back, there, it's always be, there must always be blood spilled before they move on, okay? So uh, she says, um, take Hellboy to the one who can show him destiny, right? Ever since the fairies took me, oh no, okay, this switches scenes now, this, this switches scenes to the forest where they've, this is they've entered the forest, a bunch of dead people or monsters or whatnot are, are coming out of the ground. This guy's a mystery. Uh, he explained some of it earlier, but I skipped all of that because we'll get to it in a second. 
says, um, ever since the fairies took me, this is Alice talking now. Um, I've been able to do some weird stuff, right? So she has all sorts of powers from the demonic realm. So it connects everything we've been talking to talking about earlier, okay, regarding her and a lot of stuff in dealing with this movie. Anyway, so here's the what you're calling up the Ethereum. She's able to open a portal now. So she has her full powers back. And um who's asking where do you think you're going? That's Hellboy. So we see the we see the the motif of portals all over the place these days. It wasn't that common, but today it's very common. Okay, so breaking into the spiritual realm, uh, they had to get to her before midnight, but they failed. Okay, so now she opened up a portal to somewhere else. And um, she looks back at Hellboy and she says to give birth, ding, 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 to a new world. Right? And um, pretty much without them saying it, this is a new world order. Right? pretty much built on the blood of men, right? This movie exactly. is in a lot of cartoons. It's in a lot of movies, but you'd have to catch it uh, because not all of us don't watch the same movies or cartoons or series or whatnot. We don't read the same books, so we miss it. So anyway, I just want you to hone in on that. And then um, he said, yeah, by killing a lot of innocent people, like I just said, the blood of people, right? And um, she says, why don't you... Fight for those who hate and fear you. This is another motif in like the comic book, like the X-Men or whatnot. A Professor X is the one that's sympathetic for human and uh, Magneto is the one that's like, why they fear you? Why not just, you know, get rid of them or whatnot or stop fighting for them, fight for us. So do you see the same motif again? And all I want was revenge until I saw you. So um, the female Nimrod is saying to the Antichrist that everything was different until I saw you. You can usher in the apocalypse. Now for the third time or fourth time, I'm going to say, this is not the Christian apocalypse. This is what the world believes. Okay. And out of the ashes, a new Eden will be, will emerge. She said this earlier. So another uh, new world order. She is the new Adam, Eve and he's the new Adam. Uh, Jesus Christ was the second Adam and says out of the ashes. Remember I said, the phoenix. This is what this is alluding to. Okay, um, and pretty much the ashes of the of the world um, as well. So um, leave these. Get down. Sorry, guys. <laughs> my dog jumped on my table. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, these dogs, these animals are like kids, man. You got to watch them every two seconds. Yeah, mine's acting up today, too. Must be this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So anyway, she says, leave these frail, pathetic humans behind. So she's making a distinction that she's not human and he's not human. Okay? Um, be my king and be revered for who you really are. Right? We belong together, you and I. We do, but it's, oh, he says we do, but it's not going to work because uh, I'm Capricorn, which is another allusion to the horn god, all that stuff in the Zodiac. Um, and you're blanking nuts, right? So let's go back to what she said for a second here. She said, um, 
We belong together, you and I. Now it's starting to come together. Remember when we, we started earlier and we said that she was broken up into pieces and they brought her back together, right? She's brought her back together. But in the story, the piece that was missing was the phallic, the penis, but she doesn't have one. So this is just the female version. And the problem is that they the, the, the Samaramis and Nimrod or Isis and Osiris will never get back together because of the penis is missing. The phallic symbol is missing. Right. So you're going to see that play out here because this is also in the movie with Will Smith. Um, what was that movie when he was a Falcon or whatever? Oh, my gosh. I can't remember the movie now. I mean, uh, gosh, you know the name of the movie, dude? Uh, the one with Will Smith. He was a superhero. Hancock. Hancock. Oh, yeah. Hancock. Yeah. Hancock. Right. And they couldn't get together either. And they also call themselves, uh, uh, she alluded uh, at the end that she they call a spirit, demon, whatever, or, or angels. Okay, so this is the same story being told again. All right. So anyway, as we move, she says here, um, she says, the demon sleeps inside you and I will waken it. Well, he's the demon. <laughs> what she's just, she, all she's saying is what everybody's been saying from earlier. He's the Antichrist. He needs to pretty much take his role and become who he needs to be, right? So, um, uh, so what she did was she before she left into the portal here, she she threw part of her crown into this girl's neck, right? And he says, even if I have to take every uh, take away everything and everyone you ever loved, going back to what Baba Yaga said, right? And uh, the, this dude, I don't even know his name. Congratulations, the Blood Queen has all her powers now. So pretty much you guys failed, right? And now uh, the witch pretty much um, sends them somewhere to get the, this, this woman a cure for this poison in her neck. And they're going to visit Merlin, who is on the ground. Here says, uh, Wizard to Kings and Kings of Fools, he's got to be here. Uh, cursed to live forever, buried in a hole. You see the symbol here? Some people would recognize this as the triquestra, right? But it's also called something else, and we're going to get to that in a second. So it's called the three circles right here. Yeah. The triskelion. You've heard the term triskelion before, and that was in Marvel's Avengers. Avengers. That's where Shield's headquarter was in. It was it Washington? Yeah, I think it was Washington, right? Yeah, the triskelion shape, just like this. Um, it's a a summoning, another summoning uh, symbol. Symbol. So, or it could be used to, I think, curse as well. So, anyway, um, going back to the movie. So he said, it says, curse to live forever, buried in a hole, right? So it has a, the, the, the symbol there. And uh, for allowing author to betray, betray the truth. And there goes Merlin, they uncovered his grave. And he says, have you finally come to claim my soul? Now, remember, this is a Catholic story, all right? So the Bible says, if you're saved, once you're gone from your body, you're with the Lord. And if not, you're headed to hell. Okay, so yeah, that's 
that's soul sleep they're bringing out there the yeah. uh, soul sleep and whatnot with some christian um uh cults believe okay all right so we don't believe in that <laughs> so anyway yeah he says um that's the other guy i guess alluding to death or the devil or whoever he's alluding to okay so he says tell me are there still tales of king arthur in your time and he drew the sword from the stone oh or wait a minute he's that's a question uh how how he drew the sword from the stone and uh, Hellboy says, um, no, no, sorry, was something missing here? Anyway, uh, Hellboy answers him and says yes, pretty much in uh, pop, pop culture. I don't know where that screenshot went. Anyway, so if people believe that author's lineage died with him, but it, it, it's not true. Now, remember now, the, all of these secret societies, royal families that are involved in Luciferianism, believe that their bloodline has to stay pure, keep it pure, inbreed, all this stuff. It goes back to the line of Cain or whoever else they're going to say. And um, if the bloodline is broken, well, guess what? No more power. And they worship Satan, Lucifer, whatever they're going to call him, depending on who you're going. Okay. Where you're going. I'm sorry. And so remember, blood has to be spilt. It always has to be some sort of sacrifice where they're a menial or not okay so he cuts him blood is put in this makeshift bowl or whatever that is and he says the bloodline continued when author had a daughter and that daughter had a daughter and so on um and usually um with uh the passing down of the lineage it usually comes from the male but they switched it up here for whatever reason okay and so he's telling this story and he says, ending with Sarah Bethany Hughes, right? And we talked about her earlier. So now we're going to get into that story. She used to fly to the Sabbath, right? Now, this flying to the Sabbath, uh, for those that don't know, when you see a witch on a broom, they, they use uh, certain ointment fixtures to rub on their female part. And they'll go on the broom to simulate flying. And some say they really do fly, but we're not going to, you know, go there right now. But what happens is they, they, they go on the broom because the broom is a phallic uh, symbol. For those that don't know what a phallic is, it's a male part. And uh, they have an orgasm pretty much. Okay. So that's some of this stuff dealing with flying to the Sabbath. Um, on the back of a demon in the shape of a goat, right? On the back of a demon shaped, of, shaped as a goat. Now remember, we talked about the Baphomet and the goat symbology, going back to Lucifer and who else, and some other creatures, um, Pan and, and those, and says, um, and on Walpurgis night, 1574, she married that demon. So this is going back into the mixture of genes, uh, the Nephilim or the incubus, uh, yeah, incubus, succubus, and all that stuff, uh, sex spirits, and we're, we're going to talk about that on another night coming soon. And so she says, uh, and uh, okay, so she married a demon, and that's him right there. And I think his name is something close to Az Azazel. 
I'm not sure if it's Azazel, but it's something close to that. Um, whoever could say that in the comment, I mean, in the comments. So here she is, and they're going to, you know, do the thing. They're going to mate. And so anyway, that very night, she was taken down to hell. Now, hold on a second, guys. Uh, talk, talk for a second, please, Kevin. Yeah, uh, like I said, that's just a, a reference to the incubus, and you know we see that stuff exploding right now in in popular culture, where you know people are talking about having sex with demons and spirits, and um, this movie just brings so much things out into light that have been hidden, and like I said, this is just sort of a uh, I guess a playbook of the occult all through here. And back to what we was talking about before on the, the broomstick and the witches, and that's often been a symbol of astral travel as well, astral projection as well on that broom, so. All right, sorry guys. My dog is just off the charts today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, okay, so she was taken down to hell that night and uh, where she delivered a son. Now, remember that in some uh, spiritual circles, they believe that uh, the devil is the one that's going to impregnate a woman to bring forth uh, the Antichrist, right? And so that's, this, this, that's what this story is alluding to. Uh, the Bible doesn't say that. That's just what they believe. And so that's where you get the movies like Rosemary's Baby and um, other movies as well. Uh, oh, what's the other one called? The Omen? Yeah. Right? That's where you get those stories from. So anyway, uh, as we move, she delivered a son in hell, and his name was Anung Unrama, un and this is Hellboy's real name, right? That last part, I've heard that before. What is that? That's Hellboy talking. We, he met, uh, somebody mentioned that at the, end, uh, the beginning of the movie, and he says, that's you. It's you. Anung Un Rama, destroyer of things. Now, this also go, delves into uh, Hinduism, Buddhism. You have uh, the destroyer of worlds and whatnot. So, same uh, motif there as far as you know the spiritual being that will uh, come and destroy everything. And that, that that goes back to Apollyon and uh, Abaddon in Revelation nine. He's the destroyer. Yeah, that too. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> uh, man, so much to un uncover in this thing, man. Yeah, so yes, Abaddon again, uh, as we said before, the destroyer or Apollo, Apollo, Apollyon, okay? So there's there's something called the seed of Satan in uh, Asia Minor. Yep. In Asia Minor, you want to go look that up and see what it means. So anyway, as we move, uh, the title you were given on the day you were born. So pretty much, as we just said, this is an, uh, another another name for him, Apollyon, okay? Uh, so my mother was human, and so are you, at least part. Son of author, last of the royal lineage. Now remember earlier, the guy from the Osiris Club said that he, they can't allow the devil to sit on the throne of England. I don't know if they knew this part of the, the, the story, but here we go. We're coming full circle soon. Yeah. And he said, blood, 
of his blood. So we, this always about the blood, always about a smaller, big sacrifice. Okay. Um, destined to be king of man. Right. Which is why I know you are the only one who can do what must be done. And then he, 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 he takes the blood and writes this symbol. It looks like an hourglass or the diamond on the back of a spider. And I believe I have something that connects that. Yes, it's called the extinction symbol, all right? The extinction symbol represents the threats of, what's that, Holocene? Extinction on Earth, a circle represented the planet and a stylized hourglass is a warning that time is running out for many species. The symbol dates to at least uh, 2011 and has been attributed to anonymous East England um, artist Goldfrog ESP. The symbol has been called the Generations Peace Sign. It is used by environmental protesters and has been incorporated in works by artists and designers such as Bansky. So anyway, I believe it actually goes back further, but I just didn't have time to research it all for you guys. Okay, so that's something you might want to look into. So draws that and then Excalibur, the one weapon that can stand against Nimue uh, starts to rise here uh, to the right there. And it says, he says, uh, Hellboy says, looks bigger than a cartoon. Uh, and Merlin says, only a true descendant of author can wield it. And there goes a skull in the hand. I can't remember what that goes back to, but it's going back to some artwork depiction. I, I can't even tell you. I think it's like a red skull or something like that. So anyway, uh, it's your birthright, Hellboy. Right? And he says, your destiny. So he has a symbol of death in his hand and Hellboy goes to touch the sword. And now we start to see a revelation, which we already knew because we explained some things, but now we're gonna see it in full frontal. He, he, this is a vision of him being the antichrist, which is not how the Bible depicts it. Remember, this is a Catholic story and He's on the wings of a oh, he's on the back of a dragon. The dragon always represents Satan. Uh, he's called the great dragon. Um, in 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 the, the book of Genesis, he is the serpent or the Nakash. And by the book of Revelation, he is the dragon. Okay. And so he's right on the back there. You see cities, you see the, the rivers of Molten lava. This is uh, Europe. You see the Brind I think this is London Bridge here. And as he flies over again, he gets down into the crowd of people. You see these big gigantic monsters back there. They're like 30 feet tall or something like that, or 50. And they are pretty much causing hell on earth. They'll they'll come. They'll play another part earlier. I mean, I mean later. These people, Hellboy is pretty much just going, going by with his, his flaming sword, cutting people to pieces. I didn't, I didn't show it. Okay, so that's the vision he's having while he's holding the sword. And then, boom, go back. And he says, take the sword before it's too late. Take it before it's too late. Um, you fool. So Hellboy didn't take the sword. 
uh, they're trying to get you to think that he's a good guy. That's what the comic does, okay? The guy that wrote the comic is into the occult, so this is what this is all about. And he says, I used the last of my magic to bring Excalibur here. I don't know why magic would run out, but let's just roll with it, <laughs> right? And so uh, after that, he, um, he says, at least I won't be here to watch the world wither and die, right? Um, so the, wh why this doesn't make sense is that he was put in there by curse to entrap him there. So how can he dissolve now because he, he ran out of magic? He's not, he, magic, he's not the one that put himself there. But anyway, not trying to make logic, you know, logical sense out of stupidness, but whatever. Okay, so now we go back to where the Blood Queen is, and she's in the city. I believe it's London. And the, the things coming out of her hand is her plague or whatnot. It's it's kind of dumb. She's just there throwing plagues at people. Um, but anyway, as we move, uh, so, okay, I'm not going to get into a whole super conspiracy theory thing here, but um, it's just interesting to me that this movie came out in 2019, and uh, in 2020, we're dealing with a plague of sorts, right? Yeah. Uh, pandemic. Now watch this. It says, so far, the British government has failed to pinpoint the origin of the plague. The prime minister has declared an official state of emergency and is urging British citizens to remain indoors. Sound familiar? Wow. <laughs> um, and to avoid contact with anyone who may be infected. At one point, it said there will be like 100 million, no, 100,000 infected in an hour. And then it goes, um, yeah, there it is. Casualties are expected to reach 100,000 within two hours. Uh, and it says they're deadly, deadly plague outbreak and resulting in massive fatalities over the next 24 hours. And this black stuff is the plague and it was spreading rapidly on the screen and, and threatening, threatening to spark a global pandemic. You guys make out of that what you want. I just find it very interesting. <laughs> very interesting because a lot of these people, sometimes they know some things and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll get told to put what to put in the movie. So anyway, I'm off my conspiracy horse. Now, this is, remember the, the, the church so-called that we saw earlier? I, I failed to mention that this is the checkerboard floor. Some people are going to roll their eyes at this, but go into Masonic liter literature and you'll see the checkerboard and, and it's about duality and whatnot. And what we're dealing here is with dualities based on um, Hellboy's characteristic and also the, the fact that we have king and queen. Okay? So they're coming in the, into this place and he says, where is she? We're close to the end of the movie now, guys. And I'm just showing you more of the, the imagery here. And this symbolism here, I believe, is an umbrella. I don't know exactly what it means. Um, it could be nothing, could be something. But there's some stuff in witchcraft that has to deal with an umbrella, OK? You see it in Mary Poppins. You see it in, in um, Harry Potter. So maybe it's an umbrella. Maybe it's not. But that's what I see. So it might be something else for you. Now, um, pretty much Pigman comes out to fight uh, Hellboy there. And this guy now, his mystery is revealed. It, he was in the jungles of some place, and he was the last survivor of his, his troop, and he was attacked by the, the creature there that was uh, killing humans. But somehow, uh, with that scratch on his forehead, he has now become 
uh, uh, a changeling in a sense. He turns into this creature, but he's been subduing the effects with um, some sort of serum for a while. I just didn't take the screenshot because he's really not an important character. So anyway, he turns into this uh, what is it, leopard-like creature? Jaguar, yeah. Jaguar. 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 Okay, Jaguar creature, and he helps Hellboy to fight. I don't show much of it. Uh, he plays a small part because they gave him a bullet, which I'll show in a second, to kill Hellboy if it gets to that point. So anyway, Hellboy's finished fighting Pig Dude, and he says, all right, time to finish this. And she comes out. She says, but I don't want to kill you. We are not enemies. We are bound together by fate. Remember, fate is some spirits, and this is about the phallic. They cannot get together, okay? Uh, he says, not this crap again, lady. And she kind of throws him up in the air, and he lands on what I see as an umbrella sy sy uh, symbol and breaks the floor, which now reveals that Excalibur is down there all at the time. Okay, it was hidden in plain sight. Uh, she says, just think how many spent their lives searching for Arthur's tomb. It's, and now, this kind of makes the last scene in the cave with Merlin not even applicable. <laughs> like, really? All this time? And you're going to bring him back there anyway? So anyway, um, it's been right here all along. Go ahead. It's yours by right. Uh, you can feel it, can't you? So basically, this goes into the whispers. There, there are spells that are whispered. Uh, this goes into NLP, neuro linguistic processing, and just temptation uh, through whispers. And you can't hear it because I'm obviously not playing the audio. So I'm telling you what happened in the movie. So uh, how it calls to you, the sword calls to him. This, this sword, as I explained in another presentation, is endowed with. Um, magical powers, and it also has a characteristic of its own. So uh, it's like a golem, it's like an automaton, or some would say artificial intelligence, right? But the, the movie doesn't go there, but I'm telling you what it means, okay? And so uh, it, it's whispering to him, um, stirring the thing at the core of your being, the thing you're destined to be. Right, there goes destiny again. Go ahead, take it. You want to kill me, don't you? I don't. And then he turns around. He says, "I don't know what your game is here, but I'm done playing." Now remember, again, sorry to be so repetitive, uh, guys, but it's about the Samaramis, the Samaramis, Nimrod, Isis, Osiris. They cannot get together. Okay. And she says, very well. And she drags his dad over there through sort of like a force pull. <laughs> and he says, you do, you do what you have to do and take, uh, take oh, the, the, the dad is saying that. You do what you have to do and take her out, okay? And he, Hellboy is saying, no, Nemeo, no, let him go. Because that's, that's the love, that's the real love of his life, his dad, right? Not his real father, by the way. For those that just joined us, and she said, "He said, let him go. I, it's me you want. Take him, right? So he wants to become the sacrifice. Uh, but remember now, for things to move forward, there has to be a blood sacrifice. You cannot get around it. Okay. 
And so she says, I already have you. You just don't know it yet. And she pretty much slits the father's throat with her finger. And there you see him uh, bleeding. And she says, all because you were too cowardly to use Excalibur when you had the chance, right? So now she went from tempting to taunting. Uh, both your fathers would be ashamed. That means the demon and the human, right? Um, and so he grabs Excalibur and he starts to manifest his, tr his true self. You have anything to say before I go on? No, you, no you're doing a good job. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so I don't know exactly what this means, but I think it might be the uh, in ancestor worship, they have it where, like in Black Panther and other stories, once you take the MacGuffin, which is the, the, the Excalibur is the MacGuffin. It's the object that they're always go going after, okay? And sometimes it's through a ritual of, of, of death and, and resurrection. Uh, there's a ceremony called the Ceremony of Hiram Abif. This is in Masonic rituals. Uh, so anyway, ancestor worship, you take on the spirit, all the spirits of your past ancestors, and you get their power and all this other stuff. You, people that, if you've seen Black Panther, you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, uh, this is King Arthur's bones. It starts to break apart and burn when he grabs the sword. So I'm thinking that's what it's alluding to. Yeah, okay? I agree. And so uh, again, he's, he, his horns started to grow here, okay? And again, manifesting. And then he comes up from the deep, from the pit, pit symbolism, Apollyon. And he, he's, he's massive. <laughs> he's, he's taller than he was. But this guy that plays the role, I can't remember his name. This is the guy from Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, he is, he's a tall dude, but this is massive. Okay. It's like, what, nine feet tall? Yeah. Right? And so the crown is, is on his head. I can't forget the crown. Right, the flaming crown of uh, their symbolism of the Antichrist as king over humanity, even though it's about death. Right, and so what happens there as he as he walks up the the floor? See the floor, the crack in the floor. It starts to go on, and pretty much it's like a a, a gateway to hell opens up. Okay, and these creatures start to come out. To, to th these are the same creatures that were in Hellboy's vision. Okay, these are uh, demonic manifestation, creatures of hell, whatever you want to call them. They're just gigantic, you know. And so I'm not going to show you a lot of the scenes uh, because well, a lot I was, was going to mention that, that even that, that is symbolic. Uh, it goes back to Norse mythology with Surtur, which was a part of Ragnarok with his flame and sword that he would bring Ragnarok on. So there you have a crossover to North myth mythology there. Yes. Um, yes. And of course, going back to the Apollyon, the Apollyon theme, um, he brings a horde of, of demonic creatures with faces like woman, golden hair or whatever, uh, tail like a scorpion. They come out from the pit with him to torture mankind for what, five months? Yes. Five months. Uh, and is it everybody or just the people that have the mark of the beast? Uh, the people that are not sealed with the seal of God. So... Okay. Anyone right. that doesn't have to. Okay. All right. So and so they're going around the city now, uh, dismembering people. Uh, here's another one. He's I didn't show it because he 
pretty much rips this guy apart. Um, and then we have this one that uh, shoots fire out of his uh, chest or whatever you want to call that thing. And this one is super gigantic. And it's like a, a something with a vein-like halo over it. And it's destroying cities, the city to whatever power. Then we have these two demons that come up, come up and uh, pretty much rips this guy apart. Then we have this guy that's so dumb. He walks on bone stilts and just punches people with it. Just makes no sense. But um, so anyway, we're getting to the end here. We're getting to the end, guys. Uh, she sees she's want she wants to bring him. She wants to get with him, and she, she's saying you're so beautiful. She really doesn't really like him, to tell you the truth. But um, now you see that we were born to rule together. Okay. Uh, Arthur was just a man, and okay, so this guy's kind of like ready to pull out the thing to hit Hellboy. Um, uh, but in his hands, Excalibur was an instrument of death. Now that doesn't make any sense to me because it's an instrument of death now, <laughs> you know. Um, but in yours, you can build a new world, of course, new world order, a better world for all our kind. So. You wipe out humanity and you replace it with demonic beings, which is what and whatnot, right? And he calls him my lord. Now, why this is important is not just because he's a king. It's because he's a representation of Baal. Yep. Baal or Baal, I think that's the right pronunciation, Baal yeah. or Baal, is uh, his, one of the terminology for him is lord. Some Christians are like, oh, well, I don't want to use the term Lord anymore. Well, you know, he, Jesus is king of kings and Lord of lords. Okay, so there's no Lord above him. So uh, we can call Jesus or God Lord. Okay, so anyway, uh, that's why she's calling him Lord. And uh, here you see, you know, she bows down to him. She bends the knee. And the, the Jaguar man here, whatever his name is, is taking out the bullet that was made to kill Hellboy. Now... Uh, uh, Alice goes down to where the where what's his name Trevor the father is, and she does her little thing again, so her his spirit can come out through her mouth again. So gross. And he says, "Stop. This isn't you, Hellboy. This is a spirit over here, or whatever this doodle looking thing is." <laughs> and um, don't listen to this old fool, is she saying? You weren't meant for this. But you see, the thing is, Hellboy is meant for that. There's so many, so many uh, hypocritical statements uh, that, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, he, he says, she wants you to, she wants to use you, make you into something you are not. But that's not true. That's his true nature, right? And in fact, I think he knows that. So anyway, and show her she's wrong. He said some other things, so I cut all that out to get to this. Show her she's wrong. And uh, she's saying, go forth and embrace your destiny. Destroy your enemies. Uh, you're, um, and the father's saying, you're a man, a good one, which is another false equivalent. He's not a good man. He's not human. He's half demon. Half man, you see this theme a lot in um, anime and manga. Uh, a lot of these uh, hybrids are in those series, and you've seen it in Marvel comics and all, all sorts of other books 
but maybe you haven't been able to put it together before. No. He says to act like it, right? And uh, don't let a prophecy tell you who you are. That's what the, the dad is saying, because it's prophesied that he will be the destroyer, right? And uh, the, I think the, no, the father is saying, you decide for yourself. Basically, uh, you know how the human, well, not humans, <laughs> how humanity says um, you choose your own destiny, you make your own way, uh, follow your heart, do what thou wilt. That's what he's saying right here. You choose for yourself. And um, she says he's lying, which he is. Um, and this guy's pointing a gun, but she's saying, you are the great beast. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up, man. You are the great beast of the apocalypse. Kevin, go ahead, man. I know you want to say something. I mean, uh, it's just, it's there in, in plain sight. And, you know, it, this, this whole movie, man, is just, like you said, if it wasn't, if this thing had been popular, it would have been the next Harry Potter as far as you know, blowing the occultic themes into the populace. Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, for those that don't know, go read Revelation 13. It's, yep. it's one of the easiest ways to understand it. There will be the first beast and the second beast. He represents, Hellboy represents the first beast because the second beast will be working um, in accordance to what he's doing and he will implement the market of beast and all this other stuff. Okay. So he's the great beast of the apocalypse. The, the, he's the great beast of the revelation of God or the revelation yeah. of Jesus Christ. Okay. So as we continue and almost done guys, this is the real you. It has always been, and she's not lying. This is the real him. Uh, burnt out, uh, burn out the past. Be rid of the weakness. Now, what what that's saying here is, I got a, so much symbolism, man. Uh, what you'll hear in, in occult circles is we have to get rid of the past to bring in the new. It's, it's always said, but in different ways. So she wants him to burn out the past, burn out his inconsistencies, burn out his empathy. Anything good must be burnt out so he can be his own person, right? Um, so be rid of the weakness. Um, another term they use is cast off your fears, cast off this, your inhibitions and whatnot. Okay. And so she, she, she approaches him with a emotional plea, uh, touching his face or whatnot. And she says, my King, right. And then he cuts her head off. <laughs> so that her head goes flying. And then he breaks. Remember, remember now, again, I, I keep saying it because it's relevant to the Osiris, uh, 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 Osiris, what's the name? Isis story yeah. and the Samaramis Nimrod story. And I'm pretty sure there's other stories that re reflect this. They cannot ever be together because the missing part is not found. So he, he, it, 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 it was always inevitable that he was going to kill her or something was going to keep them apart. Okay, so he breaks his horns now because he is reluctant to be who he is. And she says, this isn't over while he's carrying her head. And she says, we are destined for one another. There goes the same thing again. We will meet again on the last day of the ending of the world. Go ahead, Kevin. 
<laughs> oh man, this thing is uh, just so blatant with the symbolism, though, and so. But like you said, they can never get together. But the missing part is always hidden in plain sight. You know, we have all the phallic symbols, you know, around the world uh, that are just there for anybody to look at. That missing part is always in your face. So Washington Monument. Yeah. Uh, Vatican City. Go in Egypt. Go in some graveyards. You will see it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and but the last day. Yeah. What will happen on the last day? There will be the great white throne judgment. Oh, okay. I didn't know where he's going with that. One, but... <laughs> right? Because she says of the ending of the world. Yeah. Right? So uh, Christ will have, Jesus Christ will have a thousand year reign. And at the end of that reign is the real ending of the world where we have the great white throne judgment. Um, people in hell get taken up. This that has nothing to do with Christians. Christians are not at the Great White Throne Judgment. This is all for people that have been tucked into hell, and they get they get re re resurrected in the sense that they get to stand in front of God, and he they get judged and then cast into the lake of fire with the devil and his angels, and that is the ending, the real ending of the world. And uh, the world is uh, there will be a new heaven and new earth, but yeah. um. Uh, the lake of fire is not going to go anywhere okay it's going to be there forever and so then eternity is ushered in so this last day thing she's saying at the end of the world it will never happen for them okay even though yes yeah. this is a story this is mythology i get it but i just have to point out these biblical truths for people that don't have a clue and so anyway he chucks her head into uh what we perceive as being hell and then she's, he says Oh, okay. The dad goes on a little diatribe. This guy, okay, goes on a little diatribe about you know raising him and all this stuff and how he was a mercenary killer and all this stuff and he was good at it, but he changes his life. So here you have a demonic present supposedly changing a guy f to being good, which makes no sense. Uh, and he says, and if I have any chance of growing wings, a Catholic tradition, it's because of you. Now remember, he's already dead. Uh, maybe he was in what they call purgatory, but yeah. he thinks he's going to grow wings, okay, and become a saint. Uh, for people that don't know, saints, every true born-again Christian is already a saint. So um, he, he's, he's looking towards becoming a, a ascended master is what that really is. So he says, um, you changed me. You changed everything. And if there is ever an end in this seemingly forever war, war, sorry, meaning a war between uh, supposedly for them good and evil, but it's really a war between evil and evil. Uh, it will be because of you and your strong right hand. It's very important that we, we, we call out the right hand. Yeah. Because there's something called the left hand path and the right hand path. The right hand, let me bring it up so you guys see I'm not making this stuff up. Um, uh, left hand, sorry. Left hand. Boom. Okay, so uh, here, left hand path and right hand path. Really what this means is white magic, black magic, 
yin and the yang, and I've, I've said this over and over and over again, ad nauseum in different shows. Uh, so basically he's saying here in Western esotericism, the left-hand path and the right-hand path are the dichotomy between two opposing approaches to magic. This terminology is used in various groups involved in the occult and ceremonial magic. Um, in some definitions, the left-hand path is equated with malicious black magic and black shamanism, while the right-hand path with benevolent white magic other occultists have criticized this definition, believing that left-right dichotomy refers merely to different kinds of working um, and does not necessarily connote good or bad magical actions, right? So the Bible says that we are to abstain from all forms of evil, including magic. So there's no good magic and bad magic it's all evil. And the Bible also says that magic is of the devil. You can go search that term. So what we're doing today as paganism is rising, uh, especially in American culture rapidly, uh, we see this thing where people are really motivated to think that there is good white magic. Uh, we don't, they, they, what they say is they don't wanna hurt anybody with white magic. We're, we're just casting spells for good and the black magic is where you, you kill people and whatnot, but they're all the same, okay? You'll see the hypocrisy if you study this stuff. So I just wanted to make sure you understand this right-hand thing, and they just spelled it out for you, and that's Wikipedia. Now, I don't, I don't trust everything on Wikipedia, but I, that right there is true, okay? Yeah. Now, he says, um, you are mankind's best and only hope, my boy. So what he's saying here is, there is no other hope outside of the Antichrist, outside of this demonic being, when Jesus Christ is the only hope for a dying world that's falling, fallen, right? So he says he's the best, same thing. So you're seeing the, the twist through Gnosticism, Kabbalah, and whatever other belief system that, that believes this stuff. I know a lot of you didn't see this movie and, and tr it, it, it failed at the box office. But just imagine if it was great, if it was yeah. a great entertaining movie, okay? Um, the, the predictive programming and um, constant hitting, uh, pounding of the mind with all these themes, it works on some people. Yeah. Okay, uh, so he's telling them Oh, so Hellboy now, now he's he's going into your emotions to get you to uh, feel all ghibli about Hellboy uh, being the savior of his dad, changing him to a good man, and then being the only savior of the world. So he gets a little emotional here, and he's telling his dad, please don't go. And then he says, um, being your father was the best decision I ever made. So uh, they're really going into your emotions here. And he says, I love you, Hellboy. And then he goes away, right? Yeah. So this also goes into, uh, as I said earlier in the program, is that the, the father of the hero must die for him to go on his journey, on his hero's journey. Um, it doesn't always have to be the father. It could be the mother or it could be some other symbolic person like, say, Obi-Wan Kenobi to Luke Skywalker. It's a, it's a constant theme, always regurgitated. And I'm sure a lot of you 
um, can relate to that. So anyway, um, it says here, so uh, this is Alice now. She came up from the pit to talk to Hellboy. See how she's how he's not you know super tall anymore. So uh, she says, um, "So you're the king of England now." So what? And he says, "Yep. Well, I didn't see that coming." Now remember the the, the guy from the Osiris Club said that they don't want the devil to sit on the throne of England, and here we have it. Yeah. Right. And then after that scene, it shows the world engulfed um, by what happened. Uh, the city was burning and whatnot. And this is the top of this. Uh, is this a cathedral? Would you call this a cathedral or a church? Yeah, it's, it's similar to St. Peter's Basilica over there in the Vatican, really. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. But I, but I know this is in the Vatican. But, yeah, very similar. And for the, for people that, out there that don't know what the correct... Uh, definition of a church is it's not the building it's the people of god the true born-again christians that's the church the saints that's the, the called out one the ecclesia that's the church not a building where you go and congregate so anyway as we move i keep saying we're almost done we're truly almost done <laughs> okay so six months later they uh enter this place in uh russia somewhere i think and they come up on another secret society. This is Dagon, the fish god, right? Or whatever he is. Yeah, it's Dagon. All right. So, and this is uh, Oanat, Oan, Oanese? Oanese? Oanese, yeah. Oanese? Okay, Oanese society. I don't know anything about them, so I can't explain anything. But so they're going after another secret society. And um, he says they make Osiris uh, look like uh, uh, Cub Scouts, right? Yeah. And so she says another secret secret boys club. I don't know if that alludes to feminism or not, but you know, that's what she said. And so they went through this battle with some of these ONECs guys uh, and they come up on this thing here, which is a, what, what would you call this? A chamber or something, water uh, mm -hmm. in it. And at the bottom it says, Itchy, Ithio Sapien. I, I'm not sure, I didn't look it up what Ithio means, but it has to do with, uh, and she says, um, anyone know what that means? They don't explain. And this hand comes up in the, in the Hellboy comic books. This is a creature that's like um, the creature from the Black Lagoon or Merman from He-Man. It's a creature like that, and he's supposed to be really smart and whatnot. And so that's a hint to what's coming. If well, yeah, that Ethio, I think that refers to like fish people, you know, from Homo sapien, the Ethio sapien. So, okay, uh, that would be like a fish person. And like I said, Dagon was the fish god of the Philistines. So, there's your connection there. All right. So, a lot of biblical connections here, guys. And we're almost done for real. So, at so Hellboy goes to his father's grave to talk. This mostly comes out of Catholicism, but not totally. There are other um, religious systems of old that they would visit, visit the graves of their ancestors and uh, talk to them like they're really talking to somebody in the flesh. And this um, this goes into what what the next scene is. And Lobster shows up, and he's not he's dead. By the way, I just didn't take all the screenshots because I was tired of taking screenshots. <laughs> he's dead, but he is now officially Hellboy's spirit guide. 
And for those of you that out there that you don't understand what, what's wrong with a spirit guide, well, in the Bible, uh, the, God warns about familiar spirits. Uh, it's not a new thing. And they, these familiar spirits would like old granny or old uncle or whatever would come and uh, start giving you messages, but it's not them. It's a demon posing as, as a human. And I know that some of you have these experiences, but it's not your grandma. It's not your dad or your mother. And so anyway, this, this spirit comes up to uh, guide um, Hellboy, and his name is Lobster. He was a hero in the Nazi era, and he got killed somehow. I'm not even sure what the Lobster Claw means, uh, esoterically, uh, but there you have it. And he, he, he's, he's, he's there to give confidence now to Hellboy to get on the job and get things going for good. And that is the end of the film, my friends. Anything you want to add there? Well, you know, you mentioned in the right-hand path, and, you know, that also speaks to humanism, that, you know, humans have innate good in them. And, you know, the Bible teaches, you know, the only good thing we have in us is what God puts in us at the time of our uh, redemption. So uh, this whole movie, you know, speaks to humanism, humanism as well. But, you know, that Hellboy had good part in that drove him to make his good decisions. So, yeah, I see that throughout all the film as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody's mentioning the uh, Mike Sweeney. He's mentioning the judgment seat of Christ. Yes, that's right. Uh, Christians only go to the judgment seat of Christ, uh, not the great white throne judgment. Two separate occasions. Uh, the judgment seat of Christ is to judge you on your works as a Christian alone uh, that you did on the earth. Uh, maybe you were lazy. Maybe you were vigilant for Christ. Either way it goes, our works will be judged. The bad works get burnt up and the good works get rewarded uh, with some, with crowns and all this stuff. And um, we end up placing those crowns in, at the feet of Jesus. And we have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Get to rule and reign with Christ when He comes back, but the, the the anyone caught in the first resurrection, not everyone in the first resurrection goes to the judgment seat of Christ because when Christ returns, the martyrs in the seven year tri tribulation, uh, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. I I just don't know. Um. Anyway, there's the first resurrection is for everyone that's saved. That includes uh when the rapture happens. And then when Christ comes back, he the last part of that resurrection is when he resurrects the martyrs from the seven-year tribulation. So they might, I think they also go to the judgment seat of Christ. So sorry about that. Um, uh, I don't see any questions here. Let me see. I am wondering about the Black Panther actor. His cancer death was so heroic, yet they all knew he was dying. Maybe he, he comes back as transhuman beast. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one, but uh, he had cancer for a long time. Some of them knew, a lot of them didn't. Um, so I won't even go there with uh, if he was sacrificed or not. But um, let me see. I don't want to miss any questions. If you guys had any questions, let us know really quick because it's time for both of us to go. <laughs> uh, trying to scroll yeah. scroll back through here. Uh, have our dogs calmed down yet? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think finally we got off this move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, it's also mocking Jesus being. Uh, oh, that's a good point. 
It's also mocking Jesus being at the right hand of the Father. Interesting point there. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, for those that stuck through the whole way, I really appreciate you um, standing with us here uh, and use this to uh, start conversations. Uh, um, Kevin, I'm going to ask you to do something really quick. A quick okay. gospel message. Well, um, anyone listening out there that, you know, like Chris said in the movie, it presented the son of Satan or the devil there as our only hope. You know, we see everything going on in our world today. And, you know, the attitude is a man can come in, whether it be Trump or Biden, who wants a man to come in and will be the antichrist will be on the world but the only hope we have is christ i mean there's no there's no in this thing you know whether we have how many years we got left this thing is going under and our only hope is jesus christ so i'd, I'd implore you today if you're out there call upon the lord jesus christ it's that i like what jd farag pastor jd always talks about the abcs of of becoming a christian admit Get your and then believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart and then confess him uh confess his name and you will be saved. That's it's as simple as A B Stout can do it. And I'd ask you to call upon him before it be too late. Amen. Amen. The gospel of Jesus has been preached. Remember, you must be born again. I don't care if you're a Catholic. Yeah. I don't care if you're Mormon. Anyone out there that's waving the banner of Christ, if you're not born again, if you're in a cult, <laughs> you're not pretty much you're cursed because it's a false gospel that you're believing. You must be born again. Uh, search it out. Go read the book of John. Uh, you know, it's been given. Maybe God is tugging on your heart right now. Today's the day. Use this to form conversations. I hope you got a lot from this uh, two hour and 41 uh, minute expose. We we're gonna do four movies, but we chose one instead because we just figured it's gonna be too long. And um, we have more coming and uh, I hope to see you guys soon. And remember out there, you know, preach the gospel and don't let them burn.